What is going on, everybody? It is episode 477 of Pop Culture Crisis. My name is Brett. I am here with my co-host. Would you introduce yourself, please? Hi, everyone. I'm Sarah. Mary is out of town, and Hannah Claire was busy. So you guys get to hang out with me today. I'm here representing uh, Casper Coffee and hanging out with Brett and Wesley. Hello. That is you. That is me. <laughs> I'm back. Haven't been here for a long time. It's it has be been back. a long time, mm -hmm. hasn't it? Like, yeah. uh, what, what, when do you think that was? Was it a movie review? Mm, I don't know, but it's been at least two, two months. Oh. Yeah, maybe longer. Time but flies when you're busy. It sure does. It sure does. Mm -hmm. Guys, we got a bunch of stuff to get into today as I stuttered there slightly. That's okay. Mm -hmm. uh, we are going to talk first things first about Matthew Vaughn, who had some very pointed statements to make about superheroes, about Marvel, about DC. I thought it was very interesting. I thought we'd read through his actual quotes rather than summarizing the article because he makes a lot of points that I think everyone can agree with, but Hollywood itself hasn't been able to figure out how to implement a lot of this stuff. So we're going to get into that. We're going to talk about Britney Spears, who... Mm -hmm. uh, uh, she she felt like she had to clarify. Somebody basically said like, like she basically said like look I post nudes because I'm a lot because I'm free as a bird. Uh, and Sarah has been reading her book. Mm -hmm. I've been listening to the audiobook, yeah. so I couldn't get my hands on an actual copy. I heard it was coming out today. I downloaded Audible mm -hmm. just so I could listen and try to get through as much of it as I could so oh, I could talk used, about it today. And you used that free download, didn't you? Oh, yes, I did. Oh, yeah. I wasn't oh, yeah. going to pay for it. <laughs> so we're going to talk about that. We're also going to talk about Disney. Uh, there's an article from Inside the Magic, uh, again, whether it's accurate or not, I believe this uh, this article is, though, uh, Inside the Magic can be dubious at best. But it essentially says that the new movie that they have coming out called Wish uh, is going to forego having any type of prince at all in the film, which is very hard in, in a lot of ways. I mean, having a, a fairy tale without the prince just, it seems like they've pushed away from any type of audience that, uh, they've abandoned boys, mm -hmm. essentially, mm -hmm. boys and men mm -hmm. uh, for Disney. So we're gonna talk about that. They've also got a new diversity chief over there. We call them <laughs> diversity czars here, mm -hmm. but we're gonna talk about that. We're also gonna talk about this TikToker who went absolutely crazy because she realized she has to work a job and that that just it, it, it felt like a great barometer for where society is going so we're going to get into that we're going to get into a bunch of other stuff so if you guys are ready we will just get started are you ready sir i'm ready are you ready we'll see <laughs> okay well then we're just going to go ahead and get started <laughs> all right first things first i got a couple of announcements today number one being that mission impossible 8 has been delayed which i don't think anybody could really like uh blame them a lot of this stuff has been on hold for what now six months over 100 days. Mm -hmm. Yep. Well, okay, three, oh. uh, three and a half months. Yeah. Right? That's yeah. a long that's time. About right? 90 days, yeah. about three months. Yeah. So it says uh, Paramount Pictures has delayed the next Mission Impossible movie by nearly a decade. Or by a, a decade? decade? Be, oh, man. That'd be incredible. <laughs> We're off to a Tom That's Cruise, like Chinese democracy yeah, level. 75 year old Tom Cruise <laughs> still doing his own stunts. <laughs> he can, he can see it very well. But by that time, the AI technology will have taken Axel over. Rose. It'll be fine. <laughs> uh, it's been delayed by an entire year, with the original uh, release date being June 28th, 2024. Its new spot is May 23rd, 2025, uh, because of the size and scale of the film, and also the fact that uh, production had to halt now. So that means that both of the last two Mission Impossible movies have had problems. Mm -hmm. With production because the first, uh, like Dead Reckoning Part One, was delayed because of COVID, and now Part Two because of the SAG strike. Maybe, oh, maybe they're out to get the Scientologists. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's probably could that, it. Could that be what <laughs> yeah. it is. Those, yep, they're they've always been struggling in Hollywood. That's that's what, <laughs> that's what I think it is. I think yep. that they're they're out to secretly get the the Scientologists and they mm. want to prevent him from succeeding. Mm -hmm. But they're also delaying A Quiet Place, the prequel to Summer 2024. Did you do you have any interest in a in A Quiet Place prequel? 
Uh, not really. Yeah. No, no. It's one of those things where it's like, uh, like a like Caddyshack or Jarhead. You just Doesn't shouldn't make sequels it. to those. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like is it more eerie that you don't know where it came from, kind of? Yeah, well, it's a metaphor. So, like, mm-hmm. why do you want to like, explain yeah. it? You know, it, it's just a, it's a, like a slice of life kind of dark metaphor about parenthood. And it's like, what what message are you going to tell by digging deeper into very unimportant lore? Yeah, I mean, I, I, that's one of those things that I've kind of become a, a enamored with is the idea that not everything needs to be explained. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. don't need all the details about everything. I feel like that's come become popular because of the popularity of Easter eggs in movies, in comic book movies, because there is so much lore mm-hmm. within the history of this of that industry that, yeah, sure, it's great for the people that read the comics, but for the people who don't, it doesn't take away from the experience, but it also doesn't mean that you need to explain everything when right. it comes up. I, I don't Agreed. find that to be particularly Especially necessary. Especially for a movie. Yeah. Oh, also, guys, I do have an announcement. There is, There have been modifications to the Crisis Party sound effect. So uh. whenever the Crisis Party happens today, you can scare Wesley... And there is um, there is some great stuff added. So I just thought I would hype it up because I think that uh, Ian makes he's outdone himself in this mm-hmm. one uh, in what I've added. Uh, and I got that clipped and sent there. So, you know, just a heads up. And remember, guys, uh, would you hit the like button in this video and subscribe to this channel, please, if you have not subscribed here already. And remember to turn the notification bell on so that you can be notified anytime a new episode goes live. Out. What? I don't know why I was singled out. Why were you singled out? That it's gonna scare me, but oh, not. because you're right. <laughs> oh, okay. no, I have nerves of uh, nerves of steel. Okay. It's because really. you're well. Dane always complains about oh. it because he's right by the speaker. Right? I haven't heard it either, though, so I'm excited. Yes, yeah. yes. Uh, I I made the adjustments last night, so mm-hmm. we'll we'll see when it comes through. There's there's new there's new bones on it. Also, remember, guys, all super chats twenty dollars and over. We will interrupt the discussion. We will read them right then and there, and then we will get right back on topic as best as we can, as uh, hard of a time as I have staying focused. So we got that. We got a bunch of other stuff. So all right, guys, there's a new movie coming out. It looks like with Henry Cavill is teaming up with Jake Gyllenhaal and Guy Ritchie, and they're making like an Expendables esque movie. Which is cool because they've been filming it right now, which means they got like a waiver to be able to work mm-hmm. during the strike, which uh, I guess from what I was told, like they gave out a lot of waivers. So a mm-hmm. lot of movies have been working anyways. But it says Guy Ritchie directed Henry Cavill in The Man from Uncle and directed Cavill and Isaac Gonzalez in the upcoming movie, The Ministry of Ungentlemanly Warfare. He also directed uh, Jake Gyllenhaal in The Covenant, which I really, really liked. And I've, like I said, I think I've liked... All of the all of the most recent Guy Ritchie movies that I've seen, I liked Wrath of Man, I liked The Covenant, um, I liked The Gentleman, uh, all that stuff. So it'll it'll be interesting to see. Also, it goes to what we're going to be talking about later when we're talking about the um, the Disney topic. Is there needs to be stuff made for dudes? Mm-hmm. Like yep. there there needs to be movies. Well, I mean, that are, they just had yeah, to make Aladdin. That, Yes, exactly. Perfect. Gotcha. Uh, Oh, oh, by the way, if you're an, I don't know how old everyone in the chat is, but if you are like a a 90s kid, this is an amazing story. Kurt Cobain's daughter marries Tony Hawk's son. Wedding bells. That's amazing. Mm. I wonder if he did a 900 like into the Mm. chapel. That would be great. I love that. I love it. I love it. Isn't it, isn't it good to see like uh, icons of the past uh, uh, have their children raise the next generation of icons? Yeah, and it makes no, sense. No, I hate that. Actually, yeah. I hate that. Yeah. <laughs> what what uh, would you rather happen instead? Uh, other she people... marries like an investment banker and he marries an Instagram model? That's no, boring. no, no. I'd rather like the next... Yeah, nothing to do with that. They can marry each other and be happy as much as they want. But I would just love the next generation of icons be people who earned that. Oh, well, I see that I've, I'm a two schools of thought. They drink their way to the top. 
I'm one of those people that we, we live in a society right now that hates Nepo, mm -hmm. that they talk about Nepo babies. I love watching somebody who comes from a successful family member work to create their own legacy. Right, like I right too, now, and that applies more, in my opinion, to sports than it does to entertainment. Well, uh, because it's it's less subjective, yes. right? Actually, I was just I was just reading this infographic earlier. It was like all of the father son hitting duos that Nolan Ryan struck out during mm. his career, and it was like seven different sets of like dads and sons that he uh, I didn't know that that he had struck out while playing pro ball. Mm. That's um, wild. Yeah, right. And I, I think one of them it was actually three. It was like a father and two sons. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like, uh, but, but for me, like right now I'm enjoying, cause Denzel Washington is my favorite actor Yeah, and yeah, watching, yeah, yeah. watching his son I agree. work and make his own path has yeah. been enjoyable to me. I agree. I think he is really good. Like he does Sounds that. just like his dad. He does. Unnervingly but, like his yeah. dad. Yeah. But he also, well, tried his hand at sports, didn't yeah. work out, became an actor. So it wasn't just like, that is a good example. Whereas I think a bad example is like Will Smith's kids. Like. No Are they even trying though? Like I feel like they're not even trying. After Earth, like, like, like they gave it like a, a shot. How, how long ago is after? Like a decade. Twenty fourteen, I believe. So close to a decade yeah. now. Willow Smith can sing, and she learned to play guitar, I believe. Yeah. So there's a little effort there. Yeah, I, but like they're like effortless, effortlessly famous. Right. That, uh, yeah. I don't think me. it's possible to create your own legacy when you are related to anyone super wealthy or super famous. But I appreciate people who do put time into their talents in spite of the fact that they don't have to. Holy disagree. Robert Downey Jr. did it. Think about the Sheens. Uh, yeah. uh, the Sheens. Think about yeah. uh, Nicolas Cage. Mm -hmm. yep. uh, Sophia Coppola. Changed his last name. To, well, that's, yeah. what, that's what I love. Like yeah. now, like now they want to keep the last name because I think mm -hmm. nowadays there's less of a, within the industry, there's less stigma on them to, like back in the day, it would have been considered a virtue to want to make it on your own mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. not change and, and change your name because you want to earn, you want to know that you earned getting where yeah. you were. Right. Right. Yeah. It might be a little naive still. Well. Uh, who's his? Jason Schwartzman. Uh, his mom is, uh, Adrian from Rocky, who is also Talia Sh or, uh, Talia Shire. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Talia Shire produced, uh, my favorite, one of my favorite movies of all time. She was in the movie rad, the mm -hmm. biking movie. And she, from what I understand, she hated the movie so much that she bought, like she kept the rights to it and refused to release it because mm. she hated the oh, movie wow. so much, but it just came out like on streaming like a couple mm. of years ago. Um, but, but yeah, she's a Coppola, right? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So yeah. So like, I, I enjoy watching an actor who works hard to try and figure out like their own path in mm -hmm. life, even if it's uh, in the same industry. Like, if anything, it's like harder for them in that. Mm -hmm. Like, sure, they might get the work, but that depends on how much do they value financial security or do they value their career. In in a lot of ways, they're going to get the financial security anyways. They come yeah. from rich mm -hmm. family members, but right. like, so do you, it, how much yeah. do you care about actually setting yourself apart from who your dad was? So that's why I would argue, like not to harp on it, but that I would argue that it's not harder because even if they fail, they still have that financial like cushion versus becoming an actor. Part of what's difficult about it, yes. why you don't get a lot of support is because you're basically like that starving actor trying to make it. Harder to know? succeed. A foot in the door. Uh, harder yeah. to, may, maybe harder to succeed uh maybe easier to succeed in general but that's not the same thing as reaching the same heights mm -hmm. as a family member once reached right mm -hmm. yeah like, I, I think those are different things and they're always going to take the money for granted most likely because it's what it's what they were born into but that might be less bothersome to them than the inability to set themselves apart from a family member who is so well known yeah so i don't know 
Uh, but good, good to them, to Francis Bean Cobain. Yeah. Uh, maybe they can write uh, their own music together and yes. do it for the soundtrack for the next Tony Hawk Pro Skater. Yes. Even though they're not making those anymore. But that'd be great. Uh, there is an update on the Rock uh, Museum statue. Uh, he has issued a statement. He wants them to lighten the, he wants them to fix the skin color of it and darken mm -hmm. the skin color. I don't know how they'd actually do that. Um, I guess just paint it. A nice patina. Yeah, <laughs> something like that, right? They but could use that spray, varnish. Uh, spray tan tool. That, and just cover them head to toe. That would be great. That would be they the easy show way out. Getting like a, a spray tan. <laughs> wait, wait. Does the actually the knife? No. Did the are those real clothes or are the clothes wax too? It's a good question. I want to know. Does anybody in the chat know? It looks does like the, real clothes. What? It looks like real. Yeah, clothes. it looks real like clothes? his. Yeah. But how did they get that on yeah. him if it's wax? It's very crazy. probably they're uh, modular, so like the arms probably come off yeah. like a mannequin. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, people. Okay, people in the chat are saying that uh, Sarah, you're. They're saying you're right about the Nepo stuff. Like, I, I'm not saying that it's easier for them to succeed. What I'm saying is that uh, what they might consider success might be harder for them to measure mm -hmm. because they're never gonna. Like, imagine being Denzel Washington's son mm -hmm. and trying to reach an at, you know, be somebody of that of that caliber, mm -hmm. or even Sophia yeah. Coppola. Mm -hmm. really. Always in she, their shadow, kind yeah, of. Yeah, she's never gonna be Francis Ford. She's just not. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, oh, but also, the, his is not the worst wax statue, apparently, of all of these. <laughs> this goes to Lil Wayne, who has a new one. And yeah, this one's just creepy looking. Terrifying. Uh, it says, Lil Wayne agrees with the masses. A new wax figure of his likeness did a terrible job capturing his details. Uh, an image of him was uh, seen at the Hollywood Wax Museum in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. Does anybody know where that is? Uh, I haven't been, but I'm very aware <laughs> of it, yeah. That's the thing? You're aware yeah. of it? Yeah. Why Tennessee? Never heard of it. Know. Why Tennessee? I don't know. That's what I want to know. Tennessee, you never heard of it. It's, uh, it's, it's uh, like a tourist trap, probably like Branson, Missouri. Yeah, some yeah. of the other ones, like the is that supposed to be Will Smith right there? That's not good yeah. either. I thought that wasn't bad. For a second, I thought it was him. It's uh, in the, And is that supposed to be Justin Bieber? Yeah, but I don't know who the one in the middle is supposed to be. Angelina Jolie? Can't be. What? No. no. I think that's what it's supposed to be. I, I don't know who that's supposed to be, but it's uh, imagine that one day they make a wax statue of you. Oh, Are you going to oversee the production of that to make sure that it actually comes out right looking at these i might have to yeah. well yeah you're like look you can make it but i need to be there to That's make more sure like that a bad actually... kira knightley could be yeah could be yeah i don't know but uh, the rock says <laughs> he said he uh he that they they roasted and he says is this how y'all felt Jolie? when you lost the little mermaid and he says that that's what the guy the comedian said about it and the, it made the rock laugh i think the rock's still trying to distract from all the stuff that happened in maui mm. with the definitely maui relief fund mm -hmm. do you guys follow that stuff not really, no. The, Only um, here when I talked about it, yeah. it was, I was on the show. So yeah. yeah, it's really funny. Like I like because I I've watched so much stuff. Anything right now that's made either by The Rock or about The Rock by Oprah or about Oprah has people in the comments who are mm -hmm. like, "You're just trying to distract from uh, all the f ups yeah. that happened with the Maui Relief Fund," which makes sense. It'll They're, take a while for them to live that down. That's the problem, or that that's a, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but that's part of society, is right? Like if you just hold out eventually people forget yeah. For, yeah. for the most part, unless it's something super, super duper egregious. But the average celebrity can outlive just about anything that they, anything stupid mm -hmm. that they yes. say on a regular basis. At least that's what it seemed like to me. Like mm -hmm. there's always going to be people in the comments that have something to say about it. But we as a, a nation, especially just seem to have a shorter attention span 
than we've ever had before. Absolutely. So like, I mean, that even happens to me and I do this for work where I'm like, didn't they say something stupid recently? <laughs> and then I have to go back and look and like, duh, 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 duh. and then you either type in like backlash or uh, <laughs> comments and then something that they said recently. Yeah, something <laughs> that they said recently Those is revealed words. to have been not smart. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's pretty much par for the course. But that's gonna happen for anybody that's uh, making a living where they have to talk on a regular basis. I'm sure someday I'll manage to actually offend someone Mm-hmm. somehow even though i'm like the biggest like uh i i my my strongest opinion is that i have no strong opinions mm-hmm. on just about anything i think offending someone is when you know you've made it oh is that what it you is know? yeah is that what it is like you're relevant enough to be offensive i don't think i've offended anyone mm-hmm. i don't think i've ever offended anyone ever i think i've been perfectly uh cordial you're yeah all the time quite diplomatic <laughs> All the, all the time, no matter what. So <laughs> I think Lil Wayne has a, has a reason to complain here. Just saying. All right. Uh, and, more, and more unbelievable news regarding Hollywood and what's going on in Israel and Palestine. It is crazy that they can't seem to, like, stay out of it. But I get it, like, a lot of the time. Like, I don't know what I feel about it, but I do know that they, they don't know how to just take the the no speaking approach. How would you, like if you were a mainstream celebrity, so what it is, it says Hollywood uh, basically like issues a statement to Hamas to release all hostages, which is a perfectly reasonable thing to ask, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't matter because people are crazy right now. Mm -hmm. And no matter what you say, you're gonna piss off someone. Yep. Like Hollywood is an industry that's insulated. You don't need to issue a statement. That's what's, like that's the difference between that and like a lot of social media influencers now who feel like they have to speak on everything that gets said all the time. If I was a celebrity, I wouldn't have an opinion on any of this stuff. If they ignored it though, they would get criticized too, right? Mm -hmm. Like they can't drop their new skincare line right now. Yeah, but my, my, my argument to that is always like, look, it's a lot easier to pull up uh, uh, like um, what something somebody said, mm-hmm. not something somebody didn't say. So sure. yes, somebody can make a comment about how you didn't speak up on an issue, but that mm-hmm. doesn't show up in a search key. Yeah. Yeah. And even if it does, even if it comes up with articles that say so-and-so no, is silent. No, come up with Reddit threads. And yeah. <laughs> like, that's not the same thing as no. coming up with a bunch of boneheaded things that you said on yep. a topic that you're mm-hmm. not super educated mm-hmm. on. Yep. But uh, this says uh, Tiffany Haddish, Bradley Cooper, Justin Timberlake, Chris Rock, and Gwyneth Paltrow are among the big names who signed an open letter to Joe Biden, which calls on Hamas to set all prisoners free. It'll imagine like Hamas is like, oh, well, we weren't going to do that, but now that Tiffany Haddish... <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, I, I suppose, love Justin That's my Timberlake. perspective on this. Like, yeah. Why do you think that <laughs> like you... Some, some some terrorist is like I love the song suit and tie. I'm, yeah. gonna, I'm gonna release them. That's yeah. you've changed my mind. Like they're uh, so f- well known for loving Western culture. Yeah, they they, <laughs> they they love everything about all of these people. Like uh, somebody out there is like, look, I want the Goop skincare line. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna release the hostages because this is my end with Gwyneth. Yes, see, they're looking they're looking for their way in. They're looking to get the vagina scented candles exported to their nation. And the only way that's gonna happen is if they release hostages. That's mm-hmm. insane. This is more like a reminder of why they're doing what they're doing. Like, yeah. if anything, you know. I'm, you know what? I'm going to hold them as hostages <laughs> twice as hard. Now, okay? <laughs> until, until Gwyneth oh, Paltrow re- yeah. like, refuses to support, yeah. I'm not going to release yeah. these hostages. It's yeah. like, take your name off this letter yeah. or we're keeping them forever. Mm-hmm. It's a, and if you think that us making uh, these comments is ridiculous, I think that's as ridiculous as celebrities seeming to care mm-hmm. about people that I just don't buy that they actually care about most of the time. But maybe I'm cynical. Like, I really do believe that we live in such a, like, a front-facing world now where it's very hard to believe that everybody cares this much all the time about everything and i wonder how much of it is just like you're gonna forget in a week and you're not gonna care anymore yep i was having a conversation about this earlier it's like one of our coworkers was talking about 
like uh, pathological altruism and that's what this kind of thing is but it isn't it's like pathological narcissistic narcissistic altruism to where it's like you're not doing things on behalf of somebody else's good you're doing things you predict will lead to the benefit of you because of their perception of you and that is a completely different thing even if it has the same mechanics that lead you there but if your goal is to like i'm gonna look like it's the julia roberts indonesia commercial when the it's like i'm gonna look like the best person in the world is the the worst motivation to do anything it's uh i mean even if it's a good thing it's a lot of it like i'm i kind of take oddly enough uh, i'm i'm kind of giving them crap but i tend to take the opposite approach most of the time i say like your like their motives don't really matter as long as it actually does good but this doesn't i don't buy that this actually does any good Mm -hmm. like when a celebrity donates a bunch of money uh, and people are like they're just doing it for the tax break. I'm like, so, <laughs> so, mm-hmm. like, why, why, why do, why do I care what they're? See, their I do care is. about those things, whether it's something like this or something like that, because those things incentivize the further insidious creep of like it's it's a a creep of mm-hmm. that type of motivation. And yeah. if you go into an institution thinking You're that way, right. it rots it out over time. Yeah, if I, I agree. These people, I wouldn't get. Well, look, we did the, I did this thing yesterday where Nicolas Cage showed up in Australia. He's like filming a movie in Australia and he shows up at this like telethon. First of all, I was pumped to know telethons are still a thing. <laughs> like I was like, let's freaking go. Yeah. Like, can we hold a Tim? We should have a pop culture crisis telethon. Yeah, that'd be fun. How the hell would I do that? Could yeah. we do that with Discord? Like I want to do a, uh, like a 24 hour. Like, probably. I want to do it with like YouTube. a 24 hour telethon to raise money for the show. <laughs> and, uh, but okay, so he shows up at this telethon and he donates $5,000 to Australian kids charities. And the first thing everyone says is, why did he only donate $5,000? Mm. I would take the money back if I was him. Yeah. Like, now you get nothing. Yeah. Like, deal with it, bro. Mm. Like, he, like, because it's never enough. Yeah. To them, yeah. it's never going to be enough. Any amount you donate, you could, it's like what they said with The Rock. I said, like, look, I didn't have a, I thought they were a little bit tone deaf in their delivery, but it's like, to them, you, there is no actual right answer. You will never give enough money for them. If he has a net worth of $250 million and you give them $249 million, they're like, plenty of people live on $500,000 a year. Why don't you, like, why don't you give 29, you know, why don't you give the other $500,000 of half of your income? That's not how the world actually works. Nobody who actually is successful uh, would think that it does. Right. Right. But when you, when you are part of an industry that panders to an audience, Mm -hmm. you then have to start worrying about what they're going to think about everything you do all from, from the bad things you do to the Mm -hmm. most altruistic. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if that's a way I would want to live. Like, is, can no. you imagine having to, to live like that? Yeah, because you could say you could get to the point where you don't care at all. But if you want to stay in the limelight, you want to stay relevant, you do have to. Like, whether people want to admit it or not. It's it's one of those things we, we joked about why we thought Gwyneth, like, why I, I was like, I'm standing Gwyneth Paltrow because she's completely inaccessible and elitist and doesn't try <laughs> to elitist. be something that so she's fun. not. Mm. And I'm yeah. And I'm kind of okay with that. Like uh-huh. I don't want to, cel- I don't want, I don't always need a celebrity to be a man of the people. I'm mm-hmm. completely fine with them being their own thing. Mm-hmm. Like if, if they want to just not donate their money and save their, and save their money, as long as they're not, you know, telling me what I have to do or how to live my life, why do I care? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Like, uh, and even then, I guess I don't really care because I don't have to listen to them. Yeah. But the, I guess uh, the, pro- the point would be like, they still reach lots of people, right? Yeah, I, I mean, you make a good point about like, if they're going to be that, be that. And that not all of them have to be uh, a man of the people, but they still, at the end of the day, like they're going to do, uh, 
it's it is a like PR thing at the end of the day. Well, yeah, they 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 understand that yeah. it's going to make them it's going to benefit yeah. their career, totally. and this is yeah. something that it's, um, it's Dane was, disingenuous yeah. is all I'm saying. The, but this is something Dane was bringing up on the show yesterday, where he says like everybody now mm-hmm. is a like all these celebrities they're brands. So mm-hmm. when they're when they're virtue signaling on social media, sure maybe they believe what they're saying, maybe they don't. But at the end of the day, it's good for their brand. Right. Their brand mm-hmm. benefits from it, so mm-hmm. they might actually care about what happens to other people halfway around the world but it benefits their brand to be seen caring about what happens to people halfway around the world and i've just had a a bit of an issue with the amount of people i've seen who would who used to be all about free speech you don't need to post the black square it's it's if you don't care you don't care if you or even if you do care but you don't want to share your opinion because you don't think that your opinion is the most important thing in the world Mm -hmm. a lot of people who used to believe that suddenly don't seem to believe that anymore and think that you have to have an opinion on every little issue that's Mm -hmm. going on right now Mm -hmm. so so a celebrity that chooses not to speak on it, I'm okay with that. Like, I'm, I'm okay with that. I don't need to hear their opinion and all that stuff. And if anything, I, I kind of appreciate people who think more than one step ahead. They're like, look, everybody is pissed right now. Mm-hmm. You're, going to, you're going to upset someone. Uh, am I supposed to hold it against them that they're doing what's best for their career? I would be more annoyed by a, a lazily written, poorly thought out stance that... Uh, do you see the... The Ryan Long thing. I never miss a stance. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. But like uh, a, a lazily worded stance on something that they don't really care about. Yeah. Like you don't need to have an opinion on all this stuff. But the celebrities have to. They don't know how to live they can't without it. Not anymore. And and it, it, you could make a little bit of an argument here that it's not like this was on uh, social media. That this was directly to the president. So that's not the same thing. I'm sure they all posted it on their on their pages as well. Or it leaked. But I, I also think a lot of it is like um, they're, they're successful and they, they have lots of downtime. So they pick up these causes because mm-hmm. it both helps them feel Good better point. about themselves and deal with the guilt that they feel for being wealthy because a lot of them have been bred into this industry mm-hmm. to feel guilty for the, the success that they have. Well, simultaneously weird. striking. Yes. For not getting paid enough. You know? Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. <laughs> How do you feel about the strike? Uh, I don't care. Don't care. I don't care. I don't think the average person cares. No, I don't care. I I don't think Um, the average human being cares. No, especially the, like, I know that it doesn't just apply to rich actors. It applies to all the actors. And so that's obviously, uh, I can shed a tear for that and say, like, it sucks for everybody, even the people that are barely going to buy. But that doesn't stop them from. The line people are suffering more than Yeah, but that doesn't stop them from doing the job that they were probably doing anyway. Yeah. So it mostly changes nothing. But uh, uh, for that certain level, I should say. But. To your point earlier, the thing that about everybody having to have their opinion, especially celebrities, like it is like you should be smart enough to not do that right now. You should be smart enough to know that like it's not even what your take is. It is the depth of your take that is going to be scrutinized. Like if you're like, hey, I just like don't want I just don't want a bigger war. And it's like an explosion is coming at you like it will not benefit you. You should be the person who's saying like this is not going to benefit my business to come out. Mikey, uh, there's a $20 super chat here from Mikey says, I miss when being apolitical was the best dance. Mm. Yeah, well, that was that was true in a world that didn't have a 24 hour news cycle. Mm. And for celebrities, I think it's also it's addictive. Like there's every opportunity constantly to get yourself press and they just don't know how to parse out when is a good time and when's a bad time. And yeah, like to your point, like yesterday we did a thing where I basically said like, like look, Hollywood is more divided than it's ever been on this issue. Mm-hmm. And I picked out five very specific examples of celebrities who gave the most decently worded neutral takes that basically said, I don't want anyone of any 
location to be uh, to be harmed, mm-hmm. and all of them got destroyed. Yes. At a certain point, it just makes you ask, why get involved at all? I just think about them asking Mariah Carey in the 90s these kinds of questions, and, like, there's just no way you would expect her to, like, have any kind of answer to this that would make... Like, to even know about the topic, right? My even logic, today. My logic used to be... Uh, my my statement used to be everyone today like especially if you're a celebrity they have to pretend as if they're running for president Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but i think that's wrong i think everyone today if they're a celebrity has to pretend like they're asking they're answering beauty pageant questions (laughs) and and you know they're like i just want everybody to get along you know like i would rather that right like Mm -hmm. the problem well the problem is that like before these were not our these things were not at the forefront of our mind all the time. They weren't an industry that way. They were escapism. So you didn't want to hear it. But now because they are at the forefront of everything, like we're being jammed in the eyes and ears with celebrity news, they have to have an opinion on it because then they they don't talk about it. How can you be talking about your movie while there are people in or they lose traction, you know, or they lose traction and they just fall out of the news cycle, which is the death knell for them as well. Mm. It's like the whole bat. Any publicity is good publicity. That's, unfortunately true yeah. like even if it's bad it's going to propel you to the next story dane uh, dane says that's not true dane believes that there is such a thing as bad publicity i think there is as well yeah. but like it is a mass generalization there's a 20 dollars super chat here from dr tran says i miss when people stayed in their lane you're an actor not a politician but you're not just an actor mm-hmm. anymore now you're also a publicist and a manager you're mm-hmm. a lot of things besides just the per- like most of the like, we were talking was like you know what I miss more than anything? I want the strike to end so they can start saying stupid things again so I have stuff to report on <laughs> yeah. selfishly. And they're and they're not wrong. Like they're they're kind of right about that. Like I'm ready for them to come back so that they can like for instance, gents, ladies, 50 Cent tells Joe Biden to get up from the beach and go uh, and go and fix things. Like who would have thought that 50 Cent would be the voice of uh, would be a voice of reason in the I guess he made fun of Madonna once, so he's he's at least right. 50%, 50 cents of the time. So yeah, like, and they, but they feel like they have to have an opinion on these types of things. But I've, I've got something to, to break us free from this type of depressing discussion. I found this thing on Instagram yesterday. I would like everyone to watch this because this made me laugh. And I wanted to make people laugh because I felt like the last thing was a little bit serious. So here we go. This is somebody, uh, he's speaking to Congress, it says. Council, my name is Chad Kroger. City, the city of Culver City. Our beloved House of Congress is in disarray. The Speaker of the House has been booted and no one seems to care. And now I'm genuinely wondering, sorry, I jumbled my words. And now I am genuinely, thank you, dude. And now I am genuinely wondering, will the Casa de la Gente ever bounce back? Pessimizers will say that they won't, but I believe that they can because I think that there's one person that will reunite us all. One person that will bring record numbers to the State of the Union and record sales to copies of the Constitution. (laughs) That is why I am hereby requesting that Taylor Swift date the next Speaker of the House. T. Swift has doubled ticket, jersey, and ketchup sales for the NFL, all by betting super stud Travis Kelsey. It's time we bring the Swifty effect to our hollowed halls and make the government cool again. 
Schwing. Uh, what up, council? My name is Chad Kroger. Uh, yes, he used the Nickelback lead yeah. singer's name. Um, made my day when I saw that. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, it's 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 kind of the funny version of when uh, Olivia Wilde said, um, "I wish Taylor Swift would date a climate scientist." <laughs> um, you know, uh, I, that that brought more joy to me than just about anything I've read all day today. I just thought I'd share. That's with everyone good. that was great she all right to date the head of every failing industry that'd be great <laughs> she could save us all she could yeah. save us all what would you guys like to see would you like to see cute of the day or cringe of the day i'm gonna let wesley decide cringe cringe first okay. i always like cringe first because yeah. then you get to palate cleanse palate yeah. cleanse yeah so here we go this uh it's nintendo this nintendo that but where were you when I was playing Mario Kart Step? This is how I roll. This is what I do. But they can't see me, but they're not seeing you. I just broke that. <laughs> Apparently that's the CEO of Nintendo. Oh no. Yeah. And this was the best guy we could find. Mm. To that was the that was the <laughs> that was the him. best they could that they find. I like that the guy like that he totally like humored him too. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah. oh that's beautiful. See, that's yeah. the reason society's falling apart because he didn't tell him he was awful. Yeah. Like if he <laughs> yeah. just told him he was awful. Narcissistic he, would, <laughs> he would he would the, the kid would either get better or quit. Yeah. So that way, like uh, you know, it's it's like when people tell me all the time, I'm bad at this job. I work very hard to get better <laughs> because they tell me I'm bad at it. They're probably doing it in the chat right now. Uh, so he says that like this might be the only time this has ever been said in the history of the world. So he says that poor CEO. <laughs> you know, it's uh, it is possible to make somebody feel bad for a CEO, apparently. So, all right, I do have cute of the day since we have done that, ladies and gentlemen. Let's palate cleanse, Shelly. Uh, uh, Ellen sent me this a while ago. I don't know if we ever showed this one, so I told her I would I would play it again. But uh, this says cute of the day. And hashtag PCC uh, pets. Uh, if she didn't like it, she would leave. That's what it says. I didn't say that. She said that. <gasps> the cat seemed completely unbothered. Yeah. That was adorable. Wasn't it adorable? Yeah. It was adorable. All right, let's do two more here. This is from Amy Castro on Twitter. Says, some cute to offset all the awful, Luna Love Dog is the goodest girl. I think we have the highest per capita number of pets in our chat named Luna. Mm. Then, and, like, we, There's so many pets named Luna in our chat. I might have to make like an Avengers-style intro of all the Lunas <laughs> that are there. That is adorable. And then we'll do one more here. This is from Frostback Canadian. I'm glad they used my insult. That's my insult for Canadians. They're Frostbacks. Um, uh, <laughs> pet Gecko Cass and my buddy Bat that hangs around where I work. Oh, cute. I love bats. Do you? Yeah. They're one of my favorite animals, if not my favorite. Have you ever seen those pictures where they turn bats like right side up? And it looks like they're at a gothic yeah. like headbanging concert. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing. It's, my it's good stuff. <laughs> Wait, do, do, it, like, uh, how long have you loved? Like, is that just you've always loved bats? Um, yeah, for like the last ten years, they've been one of my favorite animals because I had a dream about them once, and in the dream, like, uh, three bats slammed into my window. It was like a sleep paralysis dream, hmm. and they like slammed into my window, and then they came in, and at first I was like really freaked out, and then they just like stood there and hung out. 
and I think I kind of like overcame my fear of bats and actually started to realize how cute they are and the fact that they use like hearing and uh, what is it sonar to hunt is is pretty fascinating so I did a deep dive on that and uh, basically basically Batman you Batman. fell in love with I bats was, I was gonna say so you're Batman then yeah <laughs> well technically you had Nikki Batgirl <laughs> yes okay Batgirl. cool all right <laughs> all right let's go ahead and get started then first ladies and gentlemen so remember to please hit the like button on this video and subscribe to this channel if you have not done <clears> so already thank you very much for that we are on our way to 75,000 subscribers so we're very excited we're working towards it so go ahead and subscribe if you haven't already so Right now, uh, Marvel, DC, all of these companies seem to be in disarray. Most of the superhero movies that came out this year flopped. And right now, uh, Matthew Vaughn is promoting a movie. He's got a lot of stuff coming out. Uh, and he had a lot to say on Marvel, on DC, and on superheroes in general. I want to go through a list of the things he said because he made a lot of interesting points and he condensed it down into just a couple of short paragraphs. But I thought it'd be interesting to look at all of the things he said here. So it says, Kingsman director Matthew Vaughn knows a thing or two about bringing comic books to the big screen. They talk about Kick-Ass and X-Men First Class, both good movies. In a recent mm -hmm. interview with Screen Rant, the director shared his thoughts on the current era of comic book movies. He said, poor visual effects are negatively impacting superhero movies while also sharing his belief that Marvel needs to take a less is more approach. He says, quote, I genuinely don't know what is happening with the superhero genre in the sense that I do think maybe we need a little bit of time off from it. He said, maybe someone will make something so great that we will get excited again. Superhero films are films. It's a film that has superheroes in it. I think what happened is that they became superheroes and the film part wasn't that important. Yeah, there is a difference. And I actually do believe this. There's a fundamental difference between the idea of a superhero film and a film that has superheroes or comic book characters yep. in it. Marvel mm -hmm. is what I'd call superhero films. For the most part. Uh, yes. Kick-Ass is a mm -hmm. movie with a superhero character yeah. or a comic, oh, not yeah, even a superhero, yeah. but a, a comic book character in it, yeah. right? And I love that movie. Same. See, I would say a little bit of both. Like uh, The Winter Soldier, I think, is a film. That, yes. Like a, an espionage film that has I'm, a I'm broad rushing yeah. Marvel. That's, that's uh, my favorite. Out of yeah. all of the Marvel movies, that's my favorite yeah. is Winter Soldier. Uh, so uh, he goes on, he says, when you're making a superhero movie, you sort of have to work harder because you have to make people believe it, he said. That's why X-Men First Class was pretty grounded. We said it in the Cuban Missile Crisis. They had relatable human problems and it wasn't relying on, on CG. I think CG's effed up everything as well because you feel like you're watching a video game. You're not with the characters apart from the Guardians. Yes, and that's something we've like harped on regularly. Like You did not like the creator. Fair enough, right? You didn't like the creator? Wesley. Wesley? So, you? No, I did not. Yes. I was okay, still so, reading. But, and, and it's not a comic book movie, yeah. but the point is, yeah. it was the, the, the CGI was so well done, yeah. you at least felt like you were there with the characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, was, it wasn't, the approach was completely yeah. different, whereas like something like Marvel, they design the environment of the shot first and then try to figure out how to put the characters in it, whereas this was an approach of like, stay with the characters and then figure out what the environment is around them later, which is really hard, and really hard on the up, back end. And that's how they end up with all the problems with mm -hmm. uh, going over time. Mm -hmm. And the, they've talked about a lot of these um, visual effects houses have talked about how they get like endless work and they want mm -hmm. six versions of a yeah. scene to see how it looks. And the end outcome, no matter how well done it is, is there is a disconnect between your eyes and what you're seeing yep. on screen. And if your eyes can't even comprehend what you're seeing on screen is real, how do you expect yourself to then correspondingly connect emotionally with something yep. that doesn't even feel the slightest bit real to you? It doesn't right. connect to you emotionally either because it feels visionless, it feels like a committee 
kind yeah. of like saying, oh, you have to get this in here. You have to get this in there. It has to be broad, bigger, wider. And like the, the, the thing about the creator is what I took away from it. It's the same thing that makes the films of like Denny Villeneuve feel real be, real yeah. is that he is like how can i do this without doing this money shot style of filmmaking but it it grounds you like That's when you exactly look at things when i was like when i was writing my notes for it i was like it feel it felt like one of his movies i think it's because of the perpetual dusk well i don't think it's that i think it's that you're even though you're looking at the characters it feels like you're a character in the movie yeah. and not omniscient seeing everything and that takes the specialty away from it you know what i mean like yeah. it doesn't you don't feel immersed. You feel like uh, I'm looking at, you know, this from above and it's not compelling. It's not uh, immersive. It's, it's not. something you could get away with back in the day. When yeah. people watched The Matrix, it was new, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Or even like, like a better example is I love uh, V for Vendetta, mm -hmm. right? I love V for Vendetta, even though like some of the, you know, like the scene of him as the, as the hospital burns down is very clearly fake, mm -hmm. but that's one shot. That's a very yeah. quick shot in a movie that's almost entirely practical. I would also like counter, I would counter that with saying like in both of those movies, the shots that they're doing that are a piece of art. Whereas yes. Marvel is, it's yeah. just stuff yes. and it's like, constant stuff like shang chi man like yeah that ending is just cg Vomit. mush Same like with coming the at you ant-man part three i think I is the one i saw that. in theaters yeah, yeah don't recommend yeah. it I'm out on Marvel. I'm and uh, <laughs> no, and, and I'm, I'm the same way, right? So, but he's all, he also makes the point of saying like less is more yeah. here, which is important, I think, because of the over like the oversaturation yeah. of stuff in the market. Like, uh, at a certain point, it's the same reason a lot of people didn't start con collecting comic books when they were younger because they're like, look, I don't know where to jump in, mm -hmm. and the sheer like amount volume, the yeah, volume yeah. of stuff to watch yeah. it's like mm -hmm. i don't want to have to go through like i'm caught up yeah. sure on most of it but i, di I didn't watch uh ant-man yeah i skipped ant-man theoretically there's a way to do what they're trying to do right now yeah like to have those interconnected shows and such but the problem is that they're saying like okay let's get something out there yeah. who cares what it is Whereas rather than having a compelling story, and that's what's happening with their movies too. It's like, well, we got to make that next Captain Marvel movie. They're like, well, what are we going to make? And like, I don't know, just make something. Yeah. And it's not like there's anybody coming with a vision. A film should be somebody's vision saying like, I have this story that I want to communicate to you. They're like, no, no, no. We have plot points that have to happen. Well, yeah, that's the point I always made. The, the point I always made is that it doesn't matter. Like every time they'd hire a director, my point was I was like, look, they used to get these like no name directors who had one or two credits. Sure, you'd get a Sam Raimi mm -hmm. every once in a while. But at the end of the day, as much of Sam Raimi as there is in that movie, there's more Kevin Feige. Yeah. <laughs> there will always be more yeah. Kevin Feige in that movie, which is why it's all, it helped in the beginning when it was new and it was a new concept because it allowed everything to feel as if it existed within the same space. That was great for a while. Yep. That's not where we are right now anymore. And I think what people are actually hungry for are things that feel different. Yeah. Like I don't want to go watch uh, the Robert Pattinson Batman movies and then go watch the next um, James Gunn thing and have them feel the same. Yeah. Which is good. They shouldn't yeah. feel the yeah. same because they're not part of the same universe. One is separate. One is apart. And that's be, good. What would be impressive is if like something like Marvel where the movies for the individual characters did feel different from each other, but the, the still team connected. up movies feel still feel cohesive like thor the dark world feels really different than all the other marvel yeah. marvel movies it looks different it's paced different has the same jokes and such but because of that it has gone from one of my least favorite to one of my favorite because it has some character yeah 
Is there a, did you, did you, you, oh, you like that one? You yeah, liked, I like it now. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Like, I, I haven't watched it in so long. It's I, just, I it has like, it. it doesn't have that flat how I feel about Marvel Hulk. look. It's how I feel yeah. about the, but also like if you go back and you watch, like I actually do encourage people to go back and watch the old X-Men movies because like one thing you benefit from is there isn't a joke every five seconds yeah. mm-hmm. and it's just, it's great. Like they're also just good. I like, was watching this thing. Good. good acting. Um, I was watching this thing recently where I was just like, I thought he's like, I thought I had really bad ADHD. It just turns out I wasn't designed to hear jokes every five seconds <laughs> whenever I'm watching a piece of media. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. So it's uh, it, it's funny because those the things he's pointing out here are not difficult fixes. Yeah. But the corporate structure of these companies are so massive that turning would be like trying to turn the Titanic. Yeah which you can't do on a whim. Yeah. Right? And they, they talk about that. He talks about how he's there, Marvel is going to be taking a less is more approach. But one of the things that they fail if they try to do that is like if that works, if every movie you then release ends up being really, really good and resonating with people. Mm-hmm. But if they don't, then you risk less stuff coming out, less money being made on the stuff that does come out, and then you just fade from cultural relevance even faster. Yeah. But this is, this is a, not a unique problem. It's the problem of every single industry of not being about quality, not being about like your own mission. Yeah. It's about get as many things that we think people will like in front of your face to make you do the thing we want you to do. And it's this like uh, morons version of psychology where it's like, you don't want to make people like the movie. Like if we wrote a good script, like no, no. make the uh, lead character something that people empathize with right now or that we perceive them to be. Make it a, you know, a for uh, right now, a young female lead who is smarter than the protagonist of the last movie yeah. and makes him look bad. Like people are going to love that. It's like, well, no, they, they don't, don't. <laughs> but you can keep trying. Yeah. The other thing that's funny is he says he did like the flash movie, which, you know, yeah. Mike, look, I, I thought that uh, as awful of a person as Ezra Miller is, I don't think he was awful in the movie, but the, the, the movie was so uh, all over the place and yeah. it's very hard to, to to say that it's good but I thought he did fine as the lead character it's funny like literally everything he complained about that's the flash yeah exactly like, it's the CGI the, it's well no all of it like yeah. like so many things going on no like uh, uh, it feels so like studio heads coming up to yeah. um, him and being like nope can't have that you gotta have this because that's in right now make sure somebody's doing a TikTok in this movie you know what I mean like <laughs> that's popular right now don't don't worry about the story worry about the trappings of the movie and that's what the flash was they also, he's like but i like that one they also talk about genres in weird. here so he You're talks about he says I, he says i think there's been so many bad superheroes as well that it's the that it's like the western you make so many that people get bored of the genre yeah. and that is true like people get like genre fatigue was a thing like there was a time when westerns were really really in oddly enough we're in the middle of a weirdly re, uh, a weirdly popular western resurgence yep. right now Taylor Sheridan stuff like, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I mean a lot of that yeah. too, too but like uh, uh, I, I've been re- I've been rewatching Deadwood yeah. and uh, it's not like that was that was 2004 I think like 2004 that. 2006 yeah. and stuff like that so that, that genre is always existed. if you could like what would replace it like if there was to if the idea here is like look take a break don't make these movies for a while obviously that will never happen there's too much money to be yeah. made uh, or at least too much is money there? to try and make. Yeah, I was going to say, in, like, they're losing uh, it hand over wrist. Hold, hold the rights. But, um, like, what genre could replace it right now that you think people would have an interest in? Uh, like, I don't see the, the, the Western stuff translating to the big screen the way it has You know what I think would? Screen. Powerful period pieces. Uh, really? It, yeah. Uh, can you give me an example of a, a successful one recently? Like, uh, well, we don't know yet, but non-three-and-a-half-hour versions of Killers of the Flower Moon. The, 
$23 million in its opening weekend is soft, but not for not for Scorsese in the last decade. Right, but it, that three and a half hours, man, like it, that discourages me from, that makes yeah. me want to wait, and I want to see it in the theater. But if it was a, a tight 90 minutes, yeah, or or like a gritty, a good gritty crime, yeah. like more of that that you can like sink your teeth into and be like, this is realistic. What I what I was like the is, Departed. What I want to see more of is a return to like the the Tony Scott era hundred million dollar movies that mm. had some scope, uh, but they were about more like, like Enemy of the State with Will Smith or Deja Vu, which was essentially uh, a time travel. Ask uh, yeah. film. Those were I love those movies and they were unique ideas. I just don't know. All of that type of genre has been replaced by IP. Yeah, you're right. Or, or they'll like they'll take a script and be like, paste an IP on top of this, yeah. and then it's a mess. That's exactly. what like Pirates of the Caribbean on Strangers Tide was like a book from the '80s, and they're like, just throw Pirates of the Caribbean on it, and it's like it's not gonna work. I was even gonna mention like uh, Man on Fire, but even Man on Fire from Tony Scott was a remake because no. the yeah. the original one came out. But like I think before. I think that like. A pow- like powerfully done period pieces, yeah. not these paint by the number ones. Like um, we get all the time, like the biopics and stuff. Napoleon's like that. coming out with See, Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah, but that it looks weird. Yeah, he has an American accent. Like it's very strange. They they understand. did black. Uh, they did black Cleopatra and that's black. Um, but uh, that's not what I'm talking so about. I'm talking about like um, when they do these movies. Like like Killers of the Flower Moon is unique because it feels like an action movie in the way it's made. It doesn't feel like you're like, oh, this is just another like historical, historical, not docudrama, but a historical drama. It feels, it has energy. It has like a kinetic. If you took that superhero movie like technique and brought it to real stories, I think that would be really successful. And people are so attached to the past right now. They like, yeah, we really are. Like we're all looking for meaning backwards. So I think those movies like this, there are people that I know who have a connection to the story of Killers of the Flower Moon. And it's really like, ener- did you watch Reservation Dogs? No, I didn't. Reservation Dogs was good. Is it? uh, it's Taika Waititi. Uh, he's producer. He's okay. not, he didn't direct it, but oh. he was a producer on it. Um, there's a new Taylor Sheridan series coming out about Bass Reeves. Okay. The like okay, so it's so I'll I'll, I'll link you to it yeah. later. I, I don't think we could show the trailer of the, the stuff that's out about it with the, I think it's LaMonica Garrett that's in it. But it's just it's interesting because look, I love Kickass. Uh, did Kickass? Sarah, did you, did you? Oh, yes, I love that movie. It's amazing. Yeah. Like I I would like to see more stuff like that that's outside of the actual main genre. Yeah. I did see that um they're working like spot the Spawn reboot is being done right now mm-hmm. through um Blumhouse. You're right. It's being done by the original creator, right? Yes. That's what I thought. McFarlane, right? Yeah. So like uh, more of these types of, I would like to see those stories be told outside of those big two studios. Like I don't need Marvel or Warner Brothers producing them for a while. Yep. Like I'm fine. Yeah. I would love way. to see approaches like the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles where it's like. Golden Harvest. No, the original. No, yeah, 19, oh, yeah. 1990. Yeah. yeah Golden yeah. Harvest produced it. Which oh, was okay. Like I didn't indi- know. It was like an independent yeah. studio yeah. at that time. Yeah, like uh, where they're making a movie, yeah, and not like a a, a product, yeah. You know, where it's like, okay, don't go buy our stuff. And what's crazy about that is that came out after the success of the cartoon. Mm. Like, so it was already still IP. I mean, yeah. it was technically still IP at that time. But they just, I'm assuming the big studios didn't see the potential. That will never happen now because yeah. now the big studios will see the potential in it, so they'll they'll fight to get the rights for these properties. Right, but they try to make it's that. Love, like you're trying to please everyone so you'll please no one. Yeah. And that's what happened. Let a creator create. And like, that doesn't mean you shouldn't have some oversight on it. See the Star Wars prequels. But like, 
it, there has to be some way to do that. There has to be, because we did it before. There has to be some way to do this where people can make movies that are, don't feel like a curated, like three hour CGI session of making sure you check all the boxes. I also feel like back when these things first started coming out, it was, it's kind of like with the matrix, right? Where it felt like you escaped to that world mm -hmm. or you, you were witnessing a world that, uh, I guess the matrix is a bad example of that, but for a lot matrix of these, super is actually, it's like an example of the opposite. Yeah. Like, um, people like it. but for, for a lot of them, it's, it felt like you were escaping to another world that you, maybe you wanted, you didn't want to live in, but it didn't feel like it was part of the world you lived in. Now, now there's so much overlap. You see it on your television, you yep. see it in the stores, you see it on the screens, that it doesn't feel like you're escaping anything. If anything, it feels like you're just being bombarded by it on all sides, yeah. which takes away some of the magic yeah. of the genre. That started happening, like I noticed, started noticing that with uh, Transformers when they made Barack Obama president. And I was like- Which one did they do that in? I think uh, Transformers 2. Oh, that sucks because I uh, love that movie. Yeah, <laughs> it like stops and he has this speech in the middle of, of a battle. And I was like, I don't like it. Just cast like, uh, what's that his sucks. face, you know? Like uh, Wait, Bruce Greenwood or whatever as the president. Dennis was, Hazbert. Yeah. Was yeah. Obama actually in that movie? Yeah. I don't remember that at all. I must have blocked that I out don't of my remember memory. that at all. Yeah. Like, and I love the, I love it's, those first It's archival footage. Yeah, but, so it's, it's yeah. actual, yeah. it's from something that actually uh, happened. Yeah. I was say, like, he doesn't, he doesn't deliver like an actual line. No, no, he's uh, not performing. He, it's, it's our couple footage and they're cutting together different speeches to make it sound like he's talking about what's going on right uh, now. I was telling somebody, I was like, I, I, I would have loved to see what Michael Bay could have done if he had tried to make Transformers with as much restraint as he showed making 13 Hours, mm. um, which is a very good movie. But it's not, and it's got all of the Michael Bay explosions. It's got all of the drone footage. It's got all of the sweeping camera shots. But it's just, it takes the material seriously. Right. And I can imagine that if he had tried to make that move, because it's like, because it was a it was a real world story, he had to approach it with more tact. Right. Like, I, like, as much as I love most of his movies because they're over the top, I hated Ambulance, which came out in 2021. Right? It's just really, really bad. Mm -hmm. But I would have loved to see him try to take some of these less serious movies but approach them with the same level of seriousness that he has been sh you know, known to be able to do when he really wanted to. Right. So like that's something he actually has reverence for, which is very rare. Yeah. yeah. Hey, I still, I still love yeah. them. They're fine. Uh, uh, somebody says, does, ba does Obama get residuals? Uh, I don't know. I don't Maybe know. the... No, because they probably had to license it from a network. Yeah, mm -hmm. or that or it's like... C-SPAN and yeah. like they're a lot of you. Yeah. yeah. All right. Let's go to Super Chats. Let's go here. So scrolling up to the top here, guys. All right. Do you got them on there? I do. Uh, from Derp Space 9. <laughs> was Britney's manuscript written in crayon? <laughs> well, you got the audio book. That was so you carved with a knife. Great. Yeah, I wouldn't know. <laughs> a pink crayon. Um, you want me to keep going? Yep. Okay. So from Andrew Jacobs, hashtag justice for Mocha. There will be no justice for Mocha today, ladies and gentlemen. You can say it all you want, but the derpy cat is still derpy and shall never be future, <laughs> featured on Cute of the Day for as long as I am sitting <laughs> in this chair. If you want to submit Chloe, Chloe can be on Cute of the Day. Mocha will not. I'm sorry. I have to have standards. I have to draw the line. I have no somewhere. idea what's going Brett on. Brad is putting his foot down. I'm putting my foot down. Let's do one more. All right. Shane H. Wilder. Mary comes back from Cali with a different hair color and a tan. LOL, JK, Sarah. Hi, Brett. And salutations, Wesley, of the House of Roth. Ooh, Hello. House of Roth. Oh, I like that. Fall of the House of Usher. Cool. Yeah. 
The House yeah. of the Roth of Usher? The House, <laughs> the Roth of the House of Usher. How about that? I haven't heard that in so long. All right, let's hold off on the rest. So there was this article where Britney Spears essentially talks about why she got kind of rationalizes why she posts these pictures. The point of it was that like people are pointing out like, look, you've got kids. Should you be posting nudes? Uh, if I were her kids, I would be upset. But as I'm not her kids, I don't really have much of an opinion yeah. on it other than it's kind of believable given uh, that, that she's just, she doesn't seem to be in the best place right now. But you went and what you what you're reading her book right now. Are you not? I am. I'm listening to her audio book. How's it going? Um, it's going great. I tried to finish it before we started the show today. I got about halfway through. Um, I used to be a huge Britney fan and I was like part of the free, I wasn't part of the free Britney movement, but I believed in it. Um, yeah, you told, you were telling me at one point, you're like, look, I actually feel like what, like watching her go through this right now is kind of heartbreaking. Yeah. Like the way she's acting. Yeah, it, it was and it, it is to an extent, but with this stuff that she's doing on Instagram kind of makes it hard to feel bad for her. Not going to lie. Okay. So like, it, what would you rather, I mean, like, look, look, it's like her kids, like, they're not, they're adults now. I think one's, oh, I think one's 17, one's 18. But like, yeah. like I try you're to put my, sh- I, I try to put myself as somebody who's like very much like do whatever you want. Like I, you're an adult. I don't really care, but I do put myself in her kid's shoes and I'm like, you know. Yeah. I have come to the conclusion that she is a bad influence and she kind of always has been. Can you explain that? So thinking back to like Britney in the 90s, she has always been a sex symbol, right? Whether you want to blame her or her parents, that's just kind of what she is. Um, And in the book, it kind of talks about like, I don't know if this is a spoiler, but um, it talks about how when she was 15 or 16, she recorded Baby One More Time. And it sounds like she had a lot of creative um, like power within that. She was the one who suggested for the music video to be in schoolgirl outfits, to have cute boys. And it's wild to think that this 16 year old girl was making these calls and it was such a different time all these culture, adults right? were, yeah, were just going with it. Um, when she did the Rolling Stone cover, she was underaged and they had her pose in her underwear holding a Teletubby to show how young she was and her childlikeness. Do you think part of it is also that like Hollywood, like at that time just got away with stuff because people just weren't as connected and didn't like, you didn't have this thing Mm -hmm. that could look up anything you wanted about some celebrity or voice your opinion on it or voice or or have your opinion heard on it. Right. Yeah. I don't know what was different. And maybe like people assumed that her parents okayed it or that she was of age. Obviously her parents had to okay it. Um, So, so that being said, it's like whether you want to blame her parental negligence or her, um, you know, as the years went on, she kind of kept with that uh, image of being like this sex symbol, essentially, like the Marilyn Monroe of our time. Yeah. Um, so looking back to me, I was like five years old when Britney Spears became famous. I don't, I, so I remember it through the lens of a five-year-old. And I remember even at that time, my brother's asking me like, are you still a Britney Spears fan? And I was like, no, I'm not anymore. And they were surprised. They're like, well, why not? And I was like, oh, because she flipped off the paparazzi. So <laughs> Such <laughs> innocent times. <laughs> I know, right? This is even before, like, this is when she shaved her head and she flipped off the paps and all that. So uh, even at that time, paps. I think I was young enough to be like, I wasn't old enough to be influenced by her and be like, oh, yeah, she's a feminist. And this is like, a f- this is her right to be free and show her body and yada yada i was just so young and innocent to where i was like i don't like that for whatever reason (laughs) (laughs) 
What is that from? That is, um, if you're wondering what that sound is, ladies and gentlemen, that is in fact Ian imitating Roberto Jr. Rest in peace. Uh, and I thought he caught, he captured Roberto Jr.'s essence. When did perfectly. he do that? That was on an episode on IRL? of IRL. Um, and you know, it's he sounded he sounded just like <laughs> Roberto Jr. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, as far as I'm concerned, they they brought Roberto Jr. into the sound booth mm-hmm. and recorded that, <laughs> and then passed it on to me. So it it just it makes me so happy. And uh, people in the chat are, are they're they're dying. Well, of course it was it was fantastic. Who doesn't want to hear? Ian scream. It's not just that. It's him. It's Phil. It's Ian singing uh, basically a barber shot. It's not a quartet, but it's a, a duet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Gabby Hayes said he finally changed it and it's perfect. Well, I agree. You know, I, I, I do agree. My, I do my best. Good job. I do my best. Job. If you guys want more, we can always give a second crisis party. Mm-hmm. I would love for you guys <laughs> to hear that again. I would love for you guys to hear that again. Keep going now. It. I just wanted to say it sounds like Tarzan learning how to do his like mm. Tarzan His call. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Whatever it is. <sighs> it well, when they make the Tarzan origin story, when Disney does the Tarzan origin story, Tarzan begins. We'll, yeah. we'll hear that in there. It, it, yeah. Yeah. It, it'll be Ian. So, um, uh, so, so keep going. So, so yeah, basically what um, I'm kind of looking at her through this whole new lens. Um, I will say also, also like the book touches on her childhood and it sounds like she has a lot of generational trauma, like not to use that, you that know, term. That, that term, but it is blanketed over and over. What I'm trying to say is I don't think there, there was ever a time when Britney was okay. It's very, I mean, that's very interesting because, like, what are the what are the societal ramifications of such a uh, of such a famous and influential person being not okay for the culture? And there's endless examples. I, of I don't that. just mean yeah, for the culture. Yeah, I was gonna say like I mean, that's kind yeah. of part of it. Yeah, it's like that's how you get there. Like Howard Hughes. Yeah, you know, like, yeah, yeah. That's a great point. Um, she Jean. she described her performances as her escape. Like ever since she was a little kid, she grew up in a very chaotic uh, environment, out of control. So I think for her, performing was sort of the only place and time where she felt like she was in control of her own life. Not to like completely psychoanalyze Britney Spears, but that that's makes, what I got I mean, from her That memoir. makes a lot of sense, right? Like right. Uh, if you're somebody like, okay, so this is a, a personal story and it's, it's less, it's not completely relevant in the same way. But when my, um, when my parents were, were, had split up, right? So I had just started skating like the year before right uh when i was like 12 and i i don't know if i would still be doing it to this day if they hadn't split up because when they did skating became a refuge of sort for me to work on what i wanted to get better at it allowed me to kind of get away from everything that was going on at home and escape in a fashion that allowed me to exercise both creativity uh athleticism all of these things and it became, in a lot of ways, uh, a bit of a refuge. It became an escape from. And, and it's not like my like my. I, this was not like a super bad situation. It was like my mom moved out. It, it wasn't like a situation like where there was bad stuff going on at home. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times, after something like that happens, uh, it can be a little bit jarring to be when when the home that you grew up in looks different than it did the year before. Yes, I wasn't mistreated yeah. or anything. It's just that you go through these types of things when your parents split up. If, mm-hmm. if you're like uh, obviously not everyone understands it, but if you do, mm-hmm. right? So for me, that was skating. And for her, a chaotic home life would have had far more implications given that there was money to be made yes. as well, yeah. which is scary. Yeah. Her parents were divorced and remarried. 
um, father was an alcoholic um, and was not really in the picture when her mom was kind of taking her to the Mickey Mouse Club, like auditions and stuff like that. So it sounds like he kind of didn't come into the picture until she she lost it or whatever you want to call it. She had a, a break and he had something to gain from it. Being the conservator, a conservator. Yeah, and he's uh, a, a, a strong parental male parental figure would have gone a long way from preventing a lot of this stuff from happening. Yes. Okay. Can I say something? Sometimes I wonder. Believe if, it or not, that's literally your job right now. <laughs> what my job? To say something. Yes. Oh, okay. So what I was gonna say. Thank you. <laughs> I have permission. What I was gonna say is like, is it wrong for me to worry that if I raise my kids in too healthy of an environment, they're just gonna be boring and talentless? Is that a thing? Like better boring and talentless than chaotic and like what would you rather doing have? Great things. Tortured artists addicted to drugs or boring and talentless working a regular job? Which one sounds more fun? <laughs> the the selfish <laughs> side of you wants them to be boring and talentless yeah. because they're going to live to a ripe old age yeah. and they're going to be fine, right. right? That is what I want. Also, being boring and talentless does not mean that you won't marry someone that you love or or have kids that you love. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm sure there's plenty of boring and talentless parents out there that are fantastic. You know who this makes me think of also is Aaron Carter. He kind of had a similar story of like just this incredibly talented child who's thrust into stardom and maybe even didn't want to throughout certain times of their lives but was forced to stay in it because their family came to rely on them before they were even like 18 years old. And then that puts an unbelievable burden on them to have to be the breadwinner for this mm-hmm. whole family. Right, right. right? Did, was that what happened to Michael Jackson? Like the uh, whole essentially, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, it was like, like his of, dad yeah. pushed him into the whole... Yeah. Yep. I, I, like, I'm, I'm team boring. Like, that's me. I am too. I was going to say, like, I don't think that's the selfish side. I think the selfish side would be the one that's like, no, screw your life up so you can have talent. You know, like, oh, really? Yeah. I I feel like selfishly, the parents, uh, above all else, they want them to be safe. So, okay, it's a double edged sword then. Yes. Uh, I think either too far in either direction is a bad thing. Yeah. Agreed. And and that's one of the things that society's kind of grappling with right now, right? Obviously, for the average person, that's on a much different scale and with much different. Uh, societal implications than it is for a celebrity who grows up in in this vein but look at what's happening with the celebrities of today they all seem like one thing that i laugh at more than anything is this hollywood obsession that's bled into the culture of therapy and every celebrity talks about going to therapy right Mm -hmm. and and they don't they they kind of can't imagine a world that there are people that just don't go to therapy either because they don't need to or they can't afford it but they kind of evangelize and brag about the how in like it's one thing to to be okay with the fact that we are all imperfect it's another thing to kind of um elevate the idea that we're all damaged so much that we need to go seek help and and we kind of talked about this yesterday because we were talking about women who uh who push therapy on men not realizing that that might not be the best solution for Mm -hmm. men Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But like, it's a little bit different here because like what Britney Spears went through will not be the same thing that your average member of society will have had to deal with. But that doesn't mean that they won't have, they won't end up identifying with her or like a lot of people, you'll see comments on these celebrities when they go through something and they're like, oh my gosh, I literally felt this. And I'm like, like your life experience is very likely 
very different mm-hmm. than what this person went through. Right. It's right? what they're projecting onto her. It is crazy how different society was back then, though, because we've been talking. Yeah. I mean, we talked about Ashton Kutcher uh, and what's going on with uh, with Danny Masterson because they brought up like how they used to have these things where these when female celeb they would like brag about female celebrities turning 18 and just mm-hmm. how different the world was. Yeah. Yeah. They used to have like countdowns to when this girl would be turning 18. Yeah. Do you think uh, do you think part of that is just because uh, do you think that's because society's actually grown or do you think it's because of the internet has connected everyone? Like I imagine that a lot of those people that would that say that that would say that stuff probably would still say it if the if the culture wasn't so vastly different. Oh, absolutely. They're all thinking it still, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Like It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, and I always like the age of consent is weird because at like the strike of midnight suddenly someone becomes adult an adult able to consent to something they couldn't literally yesterday. Yeah. Um so they also talked about in the book like her relationship with Justin Timberlake, of course, uh which they've been talking about a lot and um so it's a very like serious situation, but it kind of made me think of the Barbie movie because she talks about uh she had to do an at-home um I don't know if I can say the word, but like she had to terminate her pregnancy. You can say that word. With Justin Timberlake. Mm. Um, and she remembers being in the bathroom and to soothe her, he started playing his guitar, which I just thought. What was... song was he playing? Was it Three Doors Down? <laughs> was that like, what no, song? Closing Time. Closing Time. Yeah, Closing Time. Oh man, I don't know if that's appropriate for the. He's like, hey, I've been writing this one. It's it an anti abortion song. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Oof. It, it makes him sound. I don't know. Like, I don't know if she's trying to subtly make him sound like a jerk without actually doing yeah. it, but it, it kind of makes him sound terrible. Yeah. Not gonna lie. Um, she says that he was the one who wanted to do it, not her. She wanted to have the kid. Um, she was like 19 years old at the time. I'm sure this did not help her mental health and exasperated it, uh, along with all the things she dealt with in her childhood and, and following that and all her public like yeah. um, breakups and divorces and uh, what's going on with her Instagram as well? So. Did uh, who was was Jake Gyllenhaal in the Mickey Mouse Club? Was he one of those ones? It was Justin Timberlake was in it. Yes, Ryan Gosling. Ryan Gosling. Yeah. He turned out fair. Oh, there you go, Barbie movie. Yeah. Um, didn't even think about that. Full circle. He seemed to tur- like he, he seemed to turn out pretty normal. Yeah, I would say relatively. Christina Aguilera did not turn out necessarily the most. I would have said she turned out normal, but then she did that. Did you see that thing where last year she performed at like an all ages event wearing like a dildo? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's the culture now. Yeah. yeah. That's the culture now. None of them turned out as badly as Britney, though. No. Well, none. I, I'm guessing that none of them had such evil family members mm-hmm. out to get them. Did you, uh, were you a uh, team Britney or team Christina more, one more than the other? I was Britney growing up. Mm, you? Natalie Imbruglia. <laughs> Art nerd. What about you, Brett? Christina, all the way. Yeah, yeah. All the way. Yeah. You, you asked a question about, like, is it selfish to, like, want your kids to be boring and like talentless or whatever <laughs> but happy i, was I think being, it, it i was think there's a there the middle yeah. ground is like you could teach them to be talented but not teach them that that is the most important thing in the world like i have so many friends like that's not what i mean i have known so many people <laughs> i am such a well <laughs> no no no. i have had I have so many like acquaintances in my life that seem very like normal everyday people that are insanely talented but they don't shove it in your face yeah. and it's like it's one of those things where like, people like didn't know that Ben Shapiro is like a world class violinist. It's but oh, yeah. people in your normal life where it's like I had no idea you did this. I'm like yeah. yeah, my parents made me, or like influenced me to do something with this. But you know I just wanted a normal life. I don't want the attention for it. 
And it's not the like skills that make these people marketable. It's that it's being shoved in their head that the most important thing in the world is yeah. that people know who you are. Mm-hmm. A lot of and the best unhealthy. kids that yeah. got into skating quit because it was too easy for them. Or literally, yeah, like the, like they, the challenge wasn't there. So mm. they would get really, really good, really, really fast. And then they get bored. Yeah. That's wild. Um, yeah. And that pisses everyone off yeah. when, mm-hmm. when somebody just shows up and they're just really, really good, really, really fast. It's very annoying. <laughs> Wait, do, you got any, like, do you got any secret talents? Do I have any yeah. secret talents? Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. Nobody. That that means I, that they wouldn't be secret if I told you. Exactly. That. <laughs> yeah. Brett's yeah. secretly really funny, right? We've talked about that. Before. Yeah, that's yeah, that's, that's his actually no. What it talent. is, guys, is I'm secretly really good at parties. That's what yeah. it is. Oh. I'm secretly really good at parties. That's why you don't go because you'd be so good. At I'm. So, I'd be so secret. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would be so much better than everyone else at the party at partying that I just figured, why would I want to embarrass them like mm-hmm, that? Mm-hmm. That doesn't. You'd seem, ruin their night. That doesn't seem very fair to me. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like, um, yeah, I don't know. Like for Britney Spears, it's weird because the culture has sh- changed so much and she hasn't. Mm. It feels like, like, I don't yeah. feel like she's actually changed that much. She's almost like a time capsule mm. yeah. that just that like is, is stuck in the like mentally stuck in the early 2000s. And it's just, um, it's scary because Probably, it's, it yeah. shows you just how destructive that industry can be if you don't have a strong support system around you. And unfortunately, most of the people that get into that industry don't have a strong support system, especially when they're young because the parents are pushing them to do it anyways. Right. And it's Red not flag. like, I just, I don't know if I buy anymore that there is such a thing as a parent who doesn't know that it's bad for your kid to be part of that industry. Like, I don't know if I buy that. Right. She says her mom thought that the Rolling Stones cover was questionable. But as a mother, you know, you're a full-blown adult. You know that a 16-year-old, especially your daughter, posing half-naked is not acceptable or not something you want to encourage, which is actually something, I mean, um, what's Kim Kardashian's mom, Kris Jenner? Mm -hmm. She gets a lot of flack for encouraging Kim Kardashian to have posed for Playboy and to have like pushed her tape. Well, she also marketed the tape, yeah. Yeah, it's it's gross and it's weird, but at least Kim was over 18. Like, is, high is bar it sad here, that that's what High bar to, yes, here in the but... West here. We, uh, we set very high standards for our celebrity families. We uh, were saying, look, look, yeah, she, she sold her daughter off. She sold her daughter's sex tape off, but at least she was an adult. I mean, come on. She's basically Mother so Teresa. Yeah. It's... She's like, and she did end up a billionaire. So how bad could it be? <laughs> like that is a scary world we live yeah. in. We live in now, where like the the moral fabric of society has been degraded so far that those are. Sad. And the funny, like, I, and I actually defend her because I, I laugh when people say like the these celebrities don't work hard. I imagine she probably works very, very hard. Like most of those, like when you, when you run a brand worth that much money, I don't care how many people you have working for you. Your life is your work for the most Mm -hmm. part. And you're, you're always like doing deals and stuff like that. So there is a great meme. It says like, this woman doesn't get enough praise for raising five girls with absolutely no talent into turning them all into billionaires. I mean, that is very impressive. Yeah. Because Jenner is a genius. She like, Married her, married her way to the top, and then made her daughters billionaires. Very good. Like, evil genius. Evil genius. Yes. genius yeah. Well, I mean, you know, yeah. in Hollywood, those are indistinguishable yeah. concepts. Yeah. Twenty dollars super chat here from DC and C says product placement. Hi, pretty faces. <laughs> Wait, it says, uh, "Whoa, you guys are really missing out on Casper coffee type." Uh, insert Casper coffee type. I'm enjoying right now. Hold the mug up and smile. So he's giving you like a, a blueprint on on how to do that. Okay. What are okay. they miss? What what uh, what type would they be missing out on right now? 
Uh, pumpkin spice is my favorite. But the re-rise with Roberto Jr. just came out also. Re-rise. And that's limited time. It's a limited edition. Re-rise with Roberto. Well, they, like that's what uh, this is like. That's literally that's uh, the Crisis Party sound is literally re is re literally it, Roberto it is. Jr. rising from coming back through coming Ian. Back. It's beautiful. He has taken he has taken possession of Ian <laughs> and turned him into his own yeah, uh, Ian, his own vocal path. He's had too much Casper coffee. Yeah. All right, let's go to super chats. All right, let's see. Speaking of which, Jacob Edler, I just saved 10% on my Casper coffee order with code PSQ10, so I'm passing it along to you. I Okay, so one of my favorite things is like, nice. I, I always imagine, do you think there's any cele like celebrities out there or somebody who's like, just to be a complete meme lord, just make up a co like a coupon code you have <laughs> and just, it's not real. <laughs> so it's like, yes, go buy this, this, this. It's like, hash, it's like a... Enter code Brett ten to for ten percent off. It's, just, it's not real, and they're like they then they send you messages and they're like, "What did the code didn't work?" I'm like, "Not my fault, man. Don't know." Like maybe you entered it wrong. Yeah. Try yeah type, did you try all caps? <laughs> <laughs> Let's do two more. Okay, from Yesh hashtag Justice for Mocha. There will be no justice for Mocha the Derpy Cat. I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen. I have to draw the line somewhere. It's just, it's not going to happen. And if I have to show up into the Discord later and reiterate my point, I will. I will do that. Mm -hmm. uh, so actually, that was from C2 Gaming. This yes. is from Yesh. Texas Ranger win the pennant. Let's go. Yes, the Texas Rangers did beat the, um, the Astros yesterday. So good for them. Sports talk. Sports talk. Yes, exactly. <laughs> All right. Let's hold off on the rest. We'll come back when we're done. Uh, we will finish up after that. But let's talk about this article that's essentially saying that the next Disney fairy tale, which is coming out very soon, it's called Wish, will not include like a prince character at all. Do you guys believe that that is necessary for these types of movies? Uh, Go ahead, princess. <laughs> good. Uh, yes, absolutely. I think that's part of why girls enjoy these movies is because, um, I mean, rom-coms are aimed at women. Women are more romantic. We not only like like to envision ourselves as the princess, we like a little, like a romantic movie as well, you know? Do you think that it's like an active choice on Disney's part to just eliminate these types of romantic storylines from the movies? I don't think it has anything to do with romance and trying to eliminate romance itself. I think they're trying to like redefine what romance is mm -hmm. and saying like, well, two princesses, you know, it's, but they're not it's, doing that. Yes, they are not, not, an, yes, they are. They're, Just creeping, not they're creeping towards what, it. What movies have, did they do that with? Uh, did they not do it with the, um, if it is, they did it on a Disney plus one, not on the, um, the, uh, strange worlds. I mean, it's not that I don't, Oh uh, yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah, you're right. Like, so, uh, but, but like with the big ones, they're not going to do that yeah. with the ones they're not going to redefine the ones that have already been a new characters. Yes. Old yeah. characters. No. Yep. But is this an old character? No way. No, the uh, new the one no. they're talking about here is a, is a new character. Yeah, exactly. So, so I'm oh. saying like so that's yeah, what, that one yeah. that one they could yeah. right yeah yeah and like and they've this is I am I'm so over yeah. the like first like new female lead. It's like no, we keep doing it. We keep doing it. We've done it. My favorite thing is that the it's uh, they they go out of their way to make new records. They're like mm. the, the first it's like female LeBron character James born stuff. in June yeah. uh, <laughs> during the summer solstice uh, with a birth, like, you know, with a birth mother's name who starts with A. Yeah, yeah. who and cares? It's the ESPN it's the, LeBron James. Yes, exactly. Stat, yeah, yeah. There, there's always yeah. There, there's always but those types of things. Like, how many times have they had first gay character? Yeah. 
Like yeah, like so many times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like oh, no, well, you it's, can't. It's, it's like, first gay supporting character, then yeah. it's first gay, uh, first gay lead character, yeah. first pansexual character. That was in Elemental yeah. or whatever, or something like that. Mm-hmm. But to your point, I, I do think that there's an active point to move away from from romance in general because I, I just don't think they like the idea of promoting those storylines anymore. Is it that our culture is moving towards like asexuality? Also, it feels it feels safer to them. Maybe yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I, see, I don't see it that way. I see like they're trying to just discourage the one thing, the one like the the, the straight yeah. heterosexual. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like and it's and it's not the main point. They think that if it's the main driver of the plot, that it undermines their character somehow, and then they push those romance uh, arcs onto the side characters, yeah. and it's not that compelling. Sometimes it is, but yeah. when you are getting the same, we're getting the same movie from Disney, over and over mm-hmm. the force awakens is the dial of destiny it is yeah. terminator dark fate it like uh, that's not disney but you know what i'm saying like it's the same thing every but, single time i think my point is also like a lot of times these romance storylines they fall to the back to the wayside in the movie anyways they don't carry the sign they promote it heavily yeah. in the pr- in the promotional art and in the and in the run-up to the movie but then it doesn't seem to come up all yeah. that much in the actual film yeah like star wars yes exactly. <laughs> yeah no exactly uh, I don't know. Like the, I can't think of. Also, just feel like they're they're actively moving away from men, uh, from any type of boys demographic, which is funny because they bought Star Wars and Marvel because they wanted to appeal to boys, and then they started making them for women, <laughs> yep. which makes no sense. There's a twenty dollars super chat here from Derpspace Nine says women are such romantics. That's why you often find them falling in love with the ugly guy, with the uh, the unpopular guy, or the cashier at Taco Bell. I have Sorry, a name. Got lost in the fantasy <laughs> there. They're mercenaries, if we're being honest. Uh, Derp Space has got very strong Aww. opinions on these things. Uh, I, I do think there, there's something sad about getting rid of the aspirational content of those types of stories, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I also think that, like, look, look, look at how Rachel Zegler talked about Snow White, right? It's automatically problematic because cultural views on romantic relationships change so swiftly yes. now. Mm-hmm. So maybe they just look at it as something to be avoided entirely, even when they address it. What was it? Toy Story had a character like that. A couple, like, it doesn't matter because it doesn't end up being in the movie for more than five minutes at a time anyways in Lightyear the mm-hmm. Lightyear had a the gay character yeah. that nobody that nobody remembers because it was only relevant on screen for like 10 seconds I wish instead of just creating content like this we would really start to examine more the underlying reason as to why society is so apathetic towards relationships in general yeah. and not even apathetic almost like resentful and angry towards them uh, why do you think that is like why do you think that there's such a like a resentfulness to it now I think that the family structure has been being broken up for a long time. Um, I think that it's harder now more than ever to meet people, to approach people. Our phones and technology have made it not only harder to approach people, but I think pe- like it's a, it's a lost art. Like just talking, calling people, um, saying hi to someone, making new friends. Yeah. Um, and I think people don't want to admit that because we are so addicted to our phones and to our tablets. Yeah. That's a scary thing yeah. right now, too. Like, uh, and uh, I think that what's odd is like we're more connected than we've ever been, but we're more lonely than we've ever been, too, mm-hmm. in part, a lot of ways. And it is it is because of that. It's because you're no longer looking for the intrinsic value in somebody. You're looking for, just like the movies, you're not looking for that like, like uh, full picture of somebody. You're looking at a, a checklist. A checklist of yeah. characteristics. And it, and it automatically like 
knocks people off your list if they miss one, even though you may learn to grow and to love be, something to, about that to person. Appreciate. That, yeah. That's that, that yeah. might be the saddest part of all yeah. of that. Right. It's like, like it, there, there's absolutely things about somebody that like, when you look at it uh, in retrospect, you're like that would have annoyed me if I didn't learn to like love that aspect of them. Like yeah. that same thing might annoy you. Like it, like if it's a general trait that bugs you in somebody in somebody doesn't mean it's always going to bug you in somebody else. Right. Right. Yeah. True. And you mm-hmm. lose out on the ability to kind of um, learn to love someone despite the them having a characteristic. If anything, mm-hmm. it might actually make you appreciate them more. Like when you're yeah. like, wow, I wouldn't. I would normally not appreciate that or be. That might not be something true. that would appeal well, to just, me. Well, just it just goes to show that those bullet points are not what somebody is. Yeah. Like there's more to them than that, mm-hmm. and you may be in love with that. Yeah. Even and, though you don't love everything about them. And I feel like good things have been demonized yeah. also. Mm-hmm. Like the whole like nice guy is, you know, finishes last trope and how nice guys give people the ick. I only see that on the internet. I personally have not experienced that in my life where because someone is nice to me, I am unattracted to them. It's like, uh, do you, do you, how much do you think that the lack of these types of storylines in movies will affect the culture. Like, do you, do you think that this affected, because I actually was, used to push back on the idea that I, I actually used to think that the idea of like tr- treating your daughter like a princess was actually a bad thing back in the day because it, it, it changes their, their dynamic and their view of themselves. And if you don't feel like as if you're flawed and you feel like you deserve everything all the time, no matter what, that can actually be detrimental. Mm-hmm. But as far as the stories they're telling about romance, like I don't know if, if the idea of telling some, you know, believing in Prince Charming is such a bad thing, at least when you're younger and you're learning to grapple with new concepts. I think there has to be a balance. Yeah. Um, I think it also requires parents to be more involved in their lives and not just throw you in front of a computer, a tablet, or a TV screen. Yes, yeah. which is so popular now. Maybe uh, that's what we've lost. We've lost the art of being able to tell these stories and be able to help explain yeah. it to the next generation. It's all about complexity and nuance, like you were talking about. With, like, It could be a bad thing to treat your daughter like a princess but it's not a bad thing necessarily to treat her like your princess and while reinforcing that there are other people in the world yeah like mm-hmm. like let them they are special to you yeah, yeah. just like the next door neighbor's daughter is special to them you can you can give that context like that is not impossible it happens all the time but people are like ah you may have to do another thing yeah, like, ah, yeah. parenting's already hard it's like yeah no you should teach them that other people exist I also think a lot of this has to do with more precise corporate marketing. Now, what I mean by that is like, look, they, they, it used to be, it used to feel like Disney would uh, market their movies to kids in general, but as they've kind of mastered metrics and figuring out who their target audience is, they've kind of uh, condensed it down to, they're always looking for this phantom new audience that never comes in yep. <laughs> while ignoring the fact that the average parent would be happy to put their kids in front of a Disney movie uh, if the movie wasn't completely awful because I like we I think we get caught up in the idea that thinking that this culture war that everybody's talking about which I I, re- I reject the idea that I'm fighting a culture war however people <laughs> say I, it, it's, it's too dorky <laughs> sometimes but the point is is like look the average I just don't buy that the average parent who's just trying to get through their work day is thinking about that when they plop their kid in. like if they're not watching Disney it's because the movies don't appeal to them no. it's not because they have some huge issue with Disney a right. lot of people do I'm not saying that they don't I'm saying that the average parent yeah. isn't thinking about this yeah. in the same terms. Yeah. yeah, and you're always gonna find a problem with something. I would rather my problem be that my daughter's expectations of a man might be too high rather than having no expectations at all or it going into this weird, like, she, it's a princess story, but there's no prince and there's just like resentment and bitterness or yeah. absence of an idea of what a man is. Yeah. 
and and the guys don't get any examples of it now. Like there there aren't mm -hmm. really strong examples in like in, at least in cinema culture of like positive male role models. Not in not on a large scale. And the female yeah. role models are just males playing like, females playing male characters. Yeah. Getting like more when was the last strange. time you watched a movie with a great uh like actual like mom like mom and dad characters. Mm -hmm. And if you do those, they're not as plentiful as they used to be, mm. right? Yeah. yeah. Have you guys watched Utopia? Yeah. Um, you know, like the main character in it, um, I forget his name, but he's like, he's the white guy with blonde hair and he's just such a, I don't know what words we can and can't say, but he's not very masculine, right? Like he's You're talking very, about which Utopia are you talking about? Utopia, it's a Amazon Prime okay. 2020. Rain Wilson? Yes, Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so, um, and honestly, any show, you could name any show, usually one of the main male leads is not masculine, he's not brave, uh, the women in the show are much braver, yeah. much smarter, and the guys it's are the always Lego just movie, babbling you know, idiots. Yeah. My yeah. other, yeah. hapless male, yeah. Yeah. Thing that hyper confident. I like, this has been yes. going on in network television for decades, and I'll tell you the examples of how they would do it before. So the things that guys would normally like, the girl likes, so the girl likes the sports, the girl likes, uh, like they play pool. Cars. They play pool. Yeah. The girl always wins. Yeah. They they mm -hmm. they play cards. The girl always, yeah. things that used to be considered. Now obviously cards are not yeah. necessarily that, but like things where you'd think they'd be get like hobbies for guys yeah. are the things that the girl. And back then, a lot of people say that that is like social conditioning. I tend to not take such a doomeristic approach to that. I used to think that the average writer was just like, oh, wouldn't it be clever if we turn this idea on its head and suddenly it's the girl who's into sports and not the guy. Mm. Now I buy more that it's like actually social conditioning. Yeah. But back then I just figured they thought like, look, uh, wouldn't it be novel if the girl liked the stuff that the guys liked? Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just or video games that, that that also happens in like in video games and movies and television. too, Or right? if it was one thing, one time she beat him in pool and yeah. that was cool. Not that she's better at him than yeah. him in everything. Guys don't get to win like the 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 novel sports between men and women like those now like in movies and television. The woman always has to win because they it feels it's unexpected. It's unexpected. Yeah. Even though it's not. It's the opposite of yeah. unexpected. Now you're like, let it's me guess. Yes. Let yeah. me guess. She yeah. she wins, right? Yeah. And I don't even remember like I, I don't even remember what show I was watching, but it was like this guy is talking to this female character. He says, A woman will never un oh, what was I watching? He says a woman will never understand a guy uh like working to beat his best time home. Like driving, like trying to beat his best time <laughs> home. And it's a very guy thing, right? And it was like, it was shocking to me because I'm like, I don't remember the last time I saw an example of this on television and movies where the guy just did dude stuff. Mm -hmm. Where the guy just likes stuff that guys like. Because everything has to be trying to subvert your expectations. Nobody wants that anymore. If you want to subvert expectations now, you have to actually do what people, like you have to actually follow traditional gender rules mm -hmm. yep. to subvert expectations in Hollywood. Well, it's like what Kat Von D did. Yeah. Being baptized was like super rebellious. Like it's, that's flipped on its head. Yeah. That's yeah. the new rebellion. And uh, I mean, I, I guess the, uh, what was it that um, Paul Joseph Watson would say that uh, conservatives are the new punk rock, which mm -hmm. I, I, I laughed at that too. Yeah. But uh, I, it is kind of almost like religion is becoming the new rebellion yeah. amongst the next generation like actually going to church and raising a family like I do love that it's just like be an extremist and it's just a family of four <laughs> on a farm like that's how you be yeah. an extremist now yes yeah I adhere to that like it, it, or I aspire to I would like to see more <laughs> movies foretold. I would love to see more movies where the guys act like guys and the girls act like girls mm -hmm. like 
it's very hard to mix those now. Like I said, Barbie succeeded because it was a movie for girls. Yeah. Right? With pretty clothes. Yep. Heels, uh, dresses. And, yeah. Like all the yeah. things women actually like, not mm-hmm. superheroes. Mm-hmm. Because they don't actually care about that stuff. They yeah. can pretend they do. Yep. They don't. Notice how I had nothing to say about the Marvel exactly. conversation. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But if it had been a Barbie You're topic. right. You're 100% right about the phantom audience, too. Like, I love the Rachel Ziegler clip. I love it where she's like, we're not going to do what the old classic did. We're going to do something else. It's like, why do you think it's a classic? Yeah. Like, what is your problem? You Good have point. failed for Great point. 15 years. <laughs> Well, they're, they're and you're con- going to fail again. They're constantly looking for this new audience of people, and it's never going to work. Right. It will never work. Yeah. Um, because tried and true methods, uh, tried and true methods of storytelling worked for a reason, yep. for a very long time. You know what that movie would have worked as, in the same if it was made with the same intent as like Hansel and Gretel, uh, Witch Hunter. If it was like, oh, we're going to make this is a joke version of. Yeah. Snow White, where it's like she's a spy or something. Yeah. Like, Were you the one that liked um, Gretel and Hansel? Gretel and Hansel, yeah, like yeah. It. I was like, that is like the most peak Hollywood thing to yeah. do to be like, we're gonna name the we're gonna name Gretel <laughs> first because progressive. Yeah. That wasn't why. It wasn't why because she's the older one and she's the one going through it sure. and trying to protect yeah. her little they brother. They psy opt you. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's a, like, he's like four See, years old. I, I hadn't even no, heard it's of like it. she's like four years old, and, or he's like four years old and she's like seventeen. It's like. <laughs> She's the one that's yeah. like being hunted. It's- yeah. All right. Let's go to Super Chats. All right. Let's see. Uh, where are we at? It's. Oh, did I miss Sheen? Uh, Sheen uh, H. Wilder. Brett, I've never offended anyone. I've always been cordial. Also, Brett, Mocha is derpy. LOL. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, Mocha's not a person. Mocha's barely a thing. So. <laughs> barely a thing. <laughs> He's going further and further. It's a joke. It's Doubling a joke. Down. It's a joke. Chill. Right. Take a chill pill. All right. Uh, skipped one. Derp Space Nine. You haven't offended anyone? I find that offensive. Yeah, I'm. 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 I'm the least offensive person on planet Earth. I don't know. Like, like I. I. One of the things about doing the show is like it's given me a. Got me. part about this story is like I was making look I didn't feel like putting my headphones on last night so I was making that before IRL and I'm like if you guys don't know like in this studio like we're right up, like above where IRL is and I'm like all you hear is <laughs> and I'm just picturing what Tim is trying to explain to the poor guests downstairs <laughs> like yeah there's sounds like that all the time up there I don't know I, I don't know what's going on could be anything who knows but what I'm saying is like look you do this for long enough or like now if Sony was to come at me and say that I said something on this show that was super offensive, I think for the most part I have like a, a good enough grasp on what I say that I would find is pushing the line mm-hmm. where I wouldn't automatically assume they're right. I'd be like, they're probably taking that out of context. Yeah. Right. Sometimes you, you say something and you're like, oh, I, I straddled the line on that one a little bit right there. Yeah. And I'm, I very rarely do that. I'm, I'm about as inoffensive as it gets. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, okay, Mikey. I miss when being apolitical was the best dance. It was the best dance for a very long time. Oh, that was the 20. Oh, we read the two twenty one. So oh, okay. We're down here for okay. Derp Space Nine. Sorry, I got lost for nope. a second. Okay. Uh, Derp Space Nine. Justice for Kyle Katam. Taken from us too soon. Kyle Katarn. I don't know who that is. Star Wars thing. Okay. 
Two more. Uh, Alrighty. Dr. Tran and Geeky James 62. Uh, okay. Uh, Dr. Tran, lol 50 cent more like right 50% of the time. <laughs> hey, he uh, he made fun. I remember, I, I think I think the saddest I ever felt was like he like made fun of Madonna and then apologized for Aww. it. I was like, why would you do that? Like we did this story the other day. Why would you make fun of Madonna? No, why, no, <laughs> no I, I absolutely know why you make fun of Madonna. But we did this story the other day where Emily Blunt apologized for calling a waitress fat like 11 years ago. And I'm like, why? Like the yeah. statute of limitations has passed. <laughs> you do <laughs> not. Offensive remarks. You do not. That's why she waited. Like you do not need. No, the, the point would be that if, she, if the statute of limitations hadn't passed, then she would have need to say something if this had come up. As far as I'm concerned, calling a waitress fat in 2011 is like, meh. Mm-hmm. Like no meh. one cares. Like nobody cares. I mean, they do though. That's the problem. That's the funniest thing about all this stuff that's going on. Like you'll notice, like anytime something gets posted about Taylor Swift, people are like what? nobody cares. I'm like literally millions of people care, and that's the problem. And that's the problem. Yeah. Like like we cover it because like I find it fat. I I don't find her all that intriguing, but I find the public's fascination with her intriguing. Mm-hmm. Uh, if anything, I find her to be kind of this statement on people are searching for the safest, for something safe. People are searching for something mm-hmm. uh, as close to what we get as Americana now. And that's kind of what she is. Mm-hmm. She's safe American. Yeah, yep. She's a safe American export. And America may not have um, rock and roll the way it used to, at least not in the mainstream. But uh, it may not have all of the old uh, aspects of Americana, but Taylor Swift is about as close as you get to that now. Mm-hmm. And take of that what you will. She's a safe pick. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Let's do one more. Okay. Uh, Urashima Otaru, genre fatigue is a myth. It is a bad movie fatigue. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, oh, there was, oh, there was one from Dr. Tran, and then there was one from Geeky James who said he was just giving him 50 cents worth of advice. <laughs> That's very good. Uh, Urshim Mutaro is like, do you, do you buy that? Do you buy that it's more it's more that people are just sick of bad movies and not genre fatigue? I would agree wholeheartedly. I do think that at a certain point you want to cleanse the palate, though, mm-hmm. and say, like, I don't want I, do, I don't want the same thing. Yeah. Just give me yeah. something else. Well, why do you think Westerns fell out after a time then? Mm-hmm. Just because no more good Westerns were being made. Perhaps or they become they all become derivative of each other. Yeah. Like you have to have that break so that you can. Everything has to deconstruct yeah. everything yeah. else. I think the genre fatigue falls under the umbrella of the bad movie fatigue. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right, guys. I got a fun one for you because uh, <laughs> this was actually kind of shocking when I first watched it. But the more I, the, I watched it a second time, didn't it didn't shock me as much when I watched it the second <laughs> time around. So this TikToker, her name's Brielle, uh, she, she got really, really emotional. She got her first nine to five job after college. And she started to, to break down into tears when she realized you just can't do anything when you got a full-time job, apparently. She's not looking for solutions. She's just sad. Mm-hmm. So it says, woman breaks down into tears after first shift at nine to five jobs. She says, quote, how do you have the time? Let's, uh, let's watch this video here. I'm going to refresh it and we'll watch it. Being so dramatic and annoying. 
but this is my first job, like my first nine to five job after college and I'm in person and I'm commuting in the city and it takes me fucking forever to get there. There's no way I'm going to be able to afford living in the city right now. So that's off the table. Like fucking duh. If I was able to walk to work and it would be fine, but I'm not. So it literally takes me like I leave here, like I get on the train at 730 and I don't get home till like 615 earliest. And then like, I don't have time to do anything. I don't, I want to shower eat my dinner and go to sleep i don't have time or energy to cook my dinner either like i don't have energy to work out like that's out the window like i'm so upset oh my god nothing to do with my job at all but just like the nine to five schedule in general is crazy being in the office nine to five like if it was remote you get off at five and you're home and everything's fine but like i'm not home it takes me long to get home and like like people that drive to the office like it doesn't you don't get off at five and i know it could be worse i know i could be working longer but like i literally get off it's pitch black like i don't have energy how do you have friends like how do you have time to like meet like a guy i don't know like how do you have time for like dating like i don't have time Can't for anything and i'm like so stressed out and i'm also getting my period so that's really like, to be fair they say that this so is why so many guys. people end up meeting their spouses at work right because yeah. you never have uh, you never yeah. have time to go anywhere else but it's just funny because it's just it's an eternal struggle that i think all of us have felt at some point but mm -hmm. it's funny watching like a new generation of people then externalize it to the world yeah like normally you just you go home and you and you have those thoughts internally you have your own intrusive thoughts about stuff like mm -hmm. this but also we are in an age now where they, they, they grew up in a couple of years where like remote was a thing and then they took remote working away from them. Mm -hmm. But look, like this isn't laziness. I, I don't think it's laziness. No. I, right. it's, it's very easy to make the joke that it's because the person's lazy. It's that they, they don't understand that, that the world is not going to be an easy thing to figure out. Mm -hmm. Also, everyone wants to live in the city, right? Everyone wants to, she wants to live in the city, but you can't afford to live in the city. Are, is this being labeled as like she doesn't want to work? Because no, that's no, not they're, happening. They're just they're they're just shocked that yeah. these people like that people don't understand that yes, your nine to five job is going to take up a majority of your yeah. time, and it is kind of in a way. Uh, a, a more wholesome alternative than the person who's like, I just don't want to work. Yeah. She's like, no, I don't I have a say, problem she, with my job. She didn't say, well, she said a few things that I never thought, but she's saying a lot of things that I have thought several times, yes. especially living yeah. and commuting in Chicago for over 10 years. Yeah. I was like, I, this is awful. Yeah. You're like, this is the worst. What I'm, was the I'm, average yeah. length of your commute? Uh, I woke up every morning at like five. It was like an hour and a half commute, even though I was not far at all. But like, it, it depended because if I was taking a train or a bus that majorly changed things and traffic conditions changed day to day. But sometimes, yeah, I'd be gone for like 14 to 16 hours a day. Yeah. yeah. So it's, I mean, it's also the part that's uh, stuck with me the most was the part about not having time to, to work out. The thing is, if you, if you like something a lot, you'll make time, you have to make time for it. Now it might not be ideal, it might not be exactly what you want, but like for me growing up, like uh, would I have loved to have been able to skate every day without a job? Sure, but I had like, okay, so I was, I had a job and I was working, but I also had sponsors and was putting out material for these companies I skate for. 
that means that there's eventually going to be times where you can't get everything done on the weekend. Mm -hmm. And I was skating five to six days a week, despite the fact that I also worked a regular job. Now that meant that I was either skating a lot late at night or I was skating before work. And I hated trying to do anything before work because mm -hmm. I worked like three to 11 at that time or something mm -hmm. like that. Right. But if you, if you want to do something, you'll, you'll find the time for it. You yep. will make the time for it. It's the same argument people have about like, she's like, I don't have time to cook my food. I'm like, you can, mm -hmm. it's just going to take now. That's to, not okay to yeah. interject on behalf of women. Women have different cycles than men do. So men operate on a 24 hour cycle. Women operate on a 28 day cycle. So although I agree with what you're saying, if you care enough, you can push through it, you can do it, you have the energy to, mm -hmm. but I think the wear on mental health can be more on women than men in that way. Not across the board, not always, not all men, not all women. And also women working nine to fives is a new age thing. Mm -hmm. uh, in the last, what, 70, 80 years? Yeah. Yeah. So it's very new, like in terms of society. That's, that's not very long in the yeah. grand scheme. No, no, I'm, yeah. It's, uh, it's in, in, this is what ended up happening with the wage gap, right? It was like, they never take the hours into effect, right? Cause men just choose to work, tend to choose to work more hours. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. it is funny to watch people kind of come to this realization because you'd think that, that college would have done this to them too, because you still have to go through a lot to get through college. But most of the time college is so expensive now that you, it's not, it's almost futile to work and go to college at the same time mm -hmm. because just, it's not, I don't like know it's anybody gonna, that does in like the last like it's 15, pay 20 for it. years. It's not like I knew like one person, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, uh, how do you, how do you help somebody in this type of situation? Cause I like, I, I, I like laughing. It's funny, yeah. but like, how do you help? So I, I think you have to find a way to show someone like, look, there has to be like creative work around and women mm -hmm. are great at this. Like, this is what I like, like we, we've talked a lot about, um, recent trends like, um, silent walking, which is where <laughs> yeah. like, uh, the, this, this woman was making these videos. She's like, I just go walk mm -hmm. like without a phone, <laughs> without music. And it's just going for a walk. Right. But women in this, in the social media age are great at figuring things out and then labeling it trends like girl dinner, girl dinner started because they were looking for a way to like cobble together dinner with whatever mm -hmm. was in the After fridge. After working her nine to five After and coming home when it's dark five, right? and being really tired. So what they need to do <laughs> is she needs to find a social media trend that will help her find a way to, it'll be called like exhaustive exercise <laughs> where you work Yoga. out, but it's when you're tired, mm -hmm. yeah. right? Like we need to start speaking to the next generation in terms of trends uh, and labeled ideas because if you don't have if it doesn't have a labeled idea if they're not shown through social media that it's possible they won't be able to do it mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. yes you have to give it a name you're right yeah, yeah. Like, yeah like we'll call it like um like not poor exercise. It's yeah. where you go to work out after doing your job, right? That that um, will catch on quick. I, I, I love it. I love, I love it. it. Do, you, do you think what it is is like we, we just have with our phones in front of our faces now, we're just, we look for ways to externalize what we're experiencing in the world to everybody else rather than just kind of keeping it in our own heads and thinking it to yes. ourselves. Like you said, you've had plenty of those thoughts mm -hmm. before on your own. Yeah. You just didn't know how to, like, there was just no reason to, to verbalize it. Yeah, no. Well, no, you talk about it with your friends and be like, this yeah. sucks. But then you and move on. And like, I would call that relatable content. And like, if you were you're like, yeah, 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 I get it. And like, if you're somebody who is growing up now, you're not as exposed to that, like being your reality as you would have been 10, 15, 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. And like, you would kind of ease into it back then. But everything, I don't know, the entire way everything works now on an economic level is so weird that 
people coming out of college are not prepared. No. Where before it was designed like designed to set it's yeah. setting them up to fail anyway. It's yeah, exactly. Like, like it's one of those things that uh, I do feel like both sides of the aisle are closer on than they realize mm -hmm. without really like, they tend to just blame different people for yeah. it. One side blames billionaires and the other side blames the government and the mm -hmm. fed, not realizing that it's a combination yeah, of, all, of yeah. all of those at the yeah. same time. Right. So, you know, but uh, then what somebody will say, like guys in this situation will say, okay, problem solve. The guys will say like, okay, you, you, you can't do this thing. You want to do this thing. Mm -hmm. How will you make time to do this thing? This is also why so social media is so beneficial for uh, so much more beneficial for women on a gendered basis because women like to socialize and externalize these types of issues. Mm -hmm. Men, it, they don't see the same benefit mm -hmm. in putting this out there. And if they do, they're women. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's exactly. kind of fascinating to see how different Joking. our responses were. You guys had the stereotypical guy response yeah. where it was like, just make more time. You like yeah. it, just yeah. do it. And I'm like, but you don't get it. We're on a 28 day hormonal cycle. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I can't, uh, I can't be held at, uh, held responsible for the fact that I don't know what that's like. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, uh, and, and this leads to burnout probably more mm -hmm. for women too. They, they burn out faster than men and men burn out later, but tends to be yeah. very severe. Yeah. I would say later, but harder. But, but way harder. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And uh, something I also, yeah. All the ice cream in the world won't fix it for men. <laughs> all of the Ben and Jerry's. It'll go pretty women. far actually. I don't know. Might for women, you just eat a whole tub of ice cream and you're happy. It's is that what you do? You Me? No, that's not what I do. Clearly. Um, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm just not a big ice cream person and I'm somewhat lactose intolerant. I just find, <laughs> I just find this way that like social media has allowed people to kind of externalize things that we've always kind of felt are true. Cause I've had that, like everyone, agree, everyone understands the idea of like, it sucks when you get off work and it's dark out. Like, cause yeah. when I'm up here in the studio all day. So like, it's kind of light out when I come up here mm -hmm. and when I get done with work for the day, I'm like, it's pitch black yeah. out in the winter, Yeah, which kind of sucks. Yeah. But that happens at like five o'clock in the winter time. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, cause we, we done with the, sh we get done with the show at about yeah. five yeah. and then we're doing like, by the time I'm done with like editing and post, it's about seven o'clock. I go downstairs and like, Ugh. yeah. And you have no desire to go out really. Yeah. That's like uh, what I was going to say is that that's an interesting point that I always knew, but never really thought about is, uh, and we kind of touched on this earlier, how hard it is for people to meet others, like single people of their age. And yeah. She mentioned get married. that. She's like dating. And, yeah. Like, and how is she supposed to meet well, a guy? How are you supposed to meet it when both of you guys are working 40 hours a week yeah. and you don't know if it's the same schedule? Like what if your schedules just don't this overlap. is why uh, dating apps have become more pr uh, prominent and why they're not even dating apps anymore. They're just hookup apps mm -hmm. because nobody has the time to do that stuff. They're just looking for the base level of their needs mm -hmm. needs. And that's it. And this is how we end up with Snow White with no prints. With no prints and no way. And there's no positive male role models. We did it. And solved it. And everything is and everything is screwed. Yeah. In the next one, repeal Snow, the Nineteenth Amendment. In the, in the next one, Snow White will be like hey. on her phone. She's like, I don't have time to like. Yeah. Cinderella I, will be like, I do not have time to get in shape to go to the ball. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I have a proposal on behalf of all women. If we do not have to work nine to fives anymore, you can repeal the nineteenth. Let's go. Is that a deal? Yeah. That, that's a that's a deal. That's a deal. Uh, it's All really right. funny. Um, that's one of those things where it's like I have to remember <laughs> when I re-enter polite society from time to time that you can't make jokes about. Um, repealing women's right to vote <laughs> amongst normies mm. um, because I know that all the people that I know that say that statement seriously are women. So <laughs> I, I, and, and if I hear it from men, it tends to be joking. Mm -hmm. I can't really make those tends jokes. To be, I, I, I can't make those jokes around like normies without it 
getting a side eye and then I'm like, oh, I, I, I'm kidding. I don't actually want to repeal women's rights to vote. Yeah. But I do know some women that do. Yeah. You couldn't go to the grocery store and make that joke to someone without them being like, excuse me? Well, that's too bad. But no. here you just expect people to know. Yeah. They like, don't know the what they don't know, though. Yeah. Do you think also part of it is like, look, she's not like she, when you when you externalize all your struggles on social media, it kind of removes like it removes your ability to, to have these conversations with your friends and actually build deeper friendships because you're doing it on social media where you're doing it to a bunch of strangers. Well, that's the thing, too. She probably doesn't have time to hang out with her friends. Oh, it's always excuses with these women. <laughs> you hear this? She doesn't, like, if you were her friend, how would you feel if she was like, oh, my God, I want to see you. I, I love you. You're great, but I'm just so tired. I'm just so busy tonight. So... She makes, like, 10 TikToks complaining. <laughs> <laughs> well, eating her girl dinner because yes. she doesn't have time to cook. So she has to have her charcuterie board, and, and that's it. Well, this yeah. is why everyone's trying to make it as a TikToker. And that, but that's the funny thing too. You'll talk to so social media people who are like, look, you don't understand. There's actual work that goes. I watched this great video the other day of this husband and wife that make these, they make these hilarious videos. And it's like his, his wife is angry and it's done as like an MMORPG where it's like, make her feel like, make her not angry anymore. <laughs> and every time it goes to the male character, he's like doing the motions of like a, a character in mm. pause. And the, the video didn't get made in five minutes. Yeah. That video mm -hmm. took days to yeah. to make, edit, and add graphics to it. But because you're watching it on this and not a big screen TV, you feel like it gets made faster, that it's easier, and it's yeah. not. So yeah. a lot of work actually goes into all that stuff. You are preaching to the choir. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, right? Wesley gets it. So, uh, so are you, is that what you're down for? You want to repeal the 19th, to, but then just not have to work? Yes. Yeah. It's a fair trade. Yeah. There you go. We'll, we'll, we'll work on that. We can solve all these relationship issues between men and women right mm -hmm. here on this podcast. Uh, I just what I'm here for. <laughs> is, I, my, my opinion on this changed as we did the segment because my initial instinct is to laugh at this stuff. <laughs> it is. And then the more I it's, watch it's it, funny. I'm like, look, her points aren't awful, but it is funny to hear it externalized. Mm -hmm. When it normally is. I would just be driving and thinking it sucks that it's dark out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All I you can do is like is laugh at it, really. I mean, and I've actually, I mean, like to me, like when I, like when I was working before I moved out here, like when, when I got, like when Tim found me to, to work out here, I was skating. Like a stray cat. I was <laughs> essentially like when, when he picked me up off the streets of Instagram, um, like I was skating twice a day, but I was only working seven hours a day at that time. Right. So I would go skate, I'd be done. And then I'd go skate again. Now here I've only added, like I work about. 10, 11 hours a day, but that ability to go skate is much, much like, it's much harder to get the motivation mm. to go do so. Mm. So I understand, like I get what she's saying. Like if I work a full day, but a lot of times for me, it's like, like my health is at risk. Mm -hmm. Like I, I was injured twice this summer and that was because I had periods of time where I wasn't skating enough and my body just wasn't in the shape it needed to be in. So Man. you have to make value judgments on yeah. what matters. All right, Agreed. let's go to Super Chats. We are almost done here. Cool. All right. I want a third crisis party. That's what I want. I want to hear Ian yell like Roberto Jr. again. That would be a great way to end the show. Yes. From Derp Space Nine, it is amusing to watch a split screen, side-by-side -side comparison of the Transformers films with timestamps. The copy slash paste is strong with Mr. Bay. Yeah, there's a, there's a couple of definitely reused shots yep. of Earth Really? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, entire like sequences are stolen from like the island. 
yeah. in that and they just put transformers in, in and they like update the cars digitally it's so strange considering their budget that's disappointing uh, it doesn't bother me love michael bay never gonna you'll never hear me see a say a bad word about him i'll uh i'll say a bad word about some of the movies but i'll never say a bad mm. word i didn't like the new one the one that what that he didn't make the mm. i i didn't like it i didn't like I didn't rise of it. beasts it was uh, it. it was depressing mm. Uh, from Bookstore Thor, Matthew Vaughn and Russo Brothers are moving away from comic book movies and into spy thrillers. Maybe that's the coming trend. That's the problem. The Russo Brothers aren't good at it. They're bad at it. Like the spy thrillers? Yes, thing? they're yeah. not good. Like, they have this shot that they do. It's, it's in all of the Avengers movies. It's this push-in... It's not a dolly because it's technically CGI mm -hmm. and the camera does a 180 degree pan yeah. and it's infuriating and it's annoying and the, all of their shots are gray mm -hmm. and, and, uh, and like at medium opacity. Mm -hmm. It's, it's not, it doesn't look good. Yep. Like it made, I know it, what you mean. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Like, it's like when I was watching Citadel and then when I was watching the gray man, like I was watching the gray man and it was literally like, and, I, and it was fine. Like I gave it a passing grade because it was funny. The gray to, movie. Because it was, it was a great movie. <laughs> yeah. It was funny the to watch. Movie. Um, was it, was it, was it Gosling or was it, um, Jill? It was Gosling in that movie, right? Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. It was funny to watch him do his best Jim Carrey, or yeah. I'm sorry, to watch Chris Evans do his best Jim yeah, Carrey Jim, impression in that movie. Yeah. But the movie, I mean, it's in the new one that they didn't make it, but I think they produced it, the heart, the one Heart of Stone with Gal Gadot. I actively turned it off because yeah. it was so bad. Like Netflix does not know how mm -hmm. to do That's what I did with Red Notice. The, turned it off. Uh, like if you want to watch, go to Amazon. At least they have the Terminal List and Reacher, which supposedly season two will be coming out in December. I don't know whether that's actually of Reacher. Still, of Reacher. Okay. Sweet. Uh, and by the way, I rewatched the first Jack Reacher last weekend. It's not as bad as people as I remember it being. Reacher. The first the first Jack Reacher movie. Oh, movie. movie. Yeah. Okay, it's yeah. really funny yeah. how in 2012 there was this period of time where Hollywood's like, we're gonna make Jai Courtney a thing. And they tried so hard to make this guy popular. Yep. And he's just, he's like anti-charisma, unless he's playing a bad guy. <laughs> no, he's good at playing like a weirdo. As, yeah, he, and he plays like kind of a generic bad guy mm. in this movie, so it doesn't really work. Mm. But like him as Captain Boomerang was fine. Yeah, was I had no problem yeah. with him as Captain Boomerang. But yeah, there was like this, it's really funny because I was talking to, to Dallas and I was like, why couldn't they have just given Scott Eastwood all those roles? Like they could have just let Scott Eastwood do maybe not the Captain Boomerang one, but the rest of them they could have given all of those the 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 Terminator role, all of these roles they could have just given to Scott Eastwood, and then you know Nepo baby. Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. Um, okay, from Texas Tac Talk, next genre to take over will be post-war apocalypse. Get married, Brett with one T. Don't know him. Post-war apocalypse? Are, haven't we been doing dystopian crap for like the last mm -hmm. two decades? Yeah. I'm so old. That's what Avengers Endgame is. Mad like, Max. Like, I want to do one where it's just a whole bunch of movies where they avoid the war. And, <laughs> and, and then, like... Movies with personal stakes. Yes. Yeah. Well, it was, it's really funny because yesterday we talked about James Bond and we talked about, like, they're like, when, when Pierce Brosnan got hired to play James Bond, how, who are going to be the bad guys? It's the, it's, the Cold War's over. 
Well, it's it doesn't matter anyways because it's never the government. It's always some. So it's either a traitor. Uh, there was also there was the evil media baron that was mm. in like 1997. Oh, imagine weapons that. manufacturer. Yeah, a weapon. Yeah. Like uh, there's the there was a, the the refreshing anarchist in the world is not enough. But also then you go to to Daniel Craig and there's like an evil NGO leader. Mm-hmm. That's very real yeah. world, right? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. anybody can understand the idea that there's an evil NGO head who works with the CIA. I buy that. Yep. Yes. I buy that. Yeah. All right, from Disco Jensen, uh, I missed the crisis party for a second. Well, I, I, we're, we're about halfway to a third one. A little, we're a little under halfway to a third one. So if you want a third one, we can get a third one. It's, it all depends on you guys. Yep. All right, Texas Tech Talk. Tarzan is the ultimate test for a race swap. Yep, would they do it? That. Oh, man. It would be, <laughs> I will say this. It would be extremely ballsy of them to, to do it that. It would be extremely painful. At, but, but at the same time, it wouldn't. They'd be like, look, we race swap all the characters now. Like, you, you don't get to pick which ones we, we race swap. Mm-hmm. Do yeah. them all. They're- Michael Alio. The new Crisis Party reminds me of Doc drinking the wake-up juice in Back to the Future 3. <laughs> I'm That's so glad great. people like it. It's, it's, uh, here's the thing: like my, uh, you were mentioning earlier how like the your premiere got reset or so, or like the update on premiere. That's why I stopped doing it for a while. Is like the um, all my presets got messed with, and then yep. I just stopped doing the the new. Plus, I liked the one we had, and it was good. Mm-hmm. But now people get to listen to Ian yell like a like a chicken. It's great, and yeah. you made it. That's awesome. From DC and DC, uh, we read that one. Okay, cool. Uh, from Shane H. Wilder, so is Roberto Jr. a zombie now or a poltergeist? <laughs> Give it a poltergeist. Poultry poltergeist. Yeah. Uh, he's a poultergeist. Yeah. He's he's living on through Ian's voice. He's a specter. Days gone by. Okay. Uh, I'm DC excited about this one. DC and C. Sarah, Sarah, Bobera, Banana, Fana, Fofera, Fee, Fi, Momera, Sarah. <laughs> I tried my is best. Is it Fee, Fi, Fomera or Fee, Fi, Fofera? I guess it's like, uh, yeah. Fifi-fo-fera. Fifi-fo-fera, Sarah. Yeah. Sarah. Okay. I haven't heard that in so long. Thank you for taking me back to my childhood. That was wonderful. All right. Alistair does what? Please wish my nephew happy birthday. Happy birthday, Noah. Uncle A loves you and will always whoop you, whoop you in Madden. <laughs> well, there you go. Happy birthday, Noah. Welcome to the real world. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> you wouldn't have survived those Call of Duty lobbies back it's in the day. It's my niece's birthday as well. It was on the 22nd at least. Awesome. All right, DC and DC, for sure I can pat, excuse me, my head with one hand and rub my stomach with the other hand. Watch this. I can't. I can. Oh, he's saying for us to do it? Uh, I'm, I'm not, um, they can't make me do anything. I'm not doing it. Right. <laughs> all right, DC and Plus DC. Plus they were all piling on me yesterday. They were, they were very happy to join in on Hannah Claire uh, and Dane dunking on me. So mm. as far as I'm concerned, they're all complicit. Yeah, speaking of which, Sarah, you got any single friends for Brett? From Urashima. <laughs> Men are dupes. She, just, she, <laughs> said, she said, that's a no, by the way. That was a no, she said. Men are dupes uh, in commercials because marketing companies did studies that found women don't like jokes at their expense. Guys can take jokes. That's kind of mm. the way it's programmed into society now, right? Like mm-hmm. the like when I think that's also part of like what they consider power dynamics. Like the the happy the 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 lefty the the white leftist who loves to have to dunk on white people because they actually feel superior. 
not realizing that makes them the weirdo mm. for like being okay with like like white people are the like white liberals are the only people with outgroup bias meaning that like they would prefer to hang out with people outside of their that's a study saying that not yeah, me yeah, yeah. but the idea that every time it's like the meme of um um Daenerys and it says like uh, every time a white person insults white people on Facebook and everybody's applauding <laughs> them and they're all looking very very Good happy. Job. That's because yeah. that's how they feel, right? Yeah. It's, and I actually I have my own version of that where when like okay so recently somebody um, didn't like my review of something that I watched. Um, I think it was for the creator mm. and said he said like oh uh, you're a little bit too much of a of a left of a liberal or. Uh, woke adjacent mm. and I was like yes I am still a liberal thank you <laughs> for reminding me I take a perverse sense of uh, of joy in knowing that uh, if that bothers you I guess yeah, whatever yeah. like I, I can't control how you feel about that I don't think that makes me like a droid or anything like that I think I have my own opinions on this stuff and if anything you should people should want uh, people with different perspectives to have different opinions in these circles yeah it's almost like aha I categorized you yeah. gotcha it's like okay good job well, maybe I like, like that category did you ever think of that <laughs> All right, from Pat the Plumber. I liked that show Manifest, very family oriented. That's the one with Scott Foley. I never got, okay, so. Is that the airplane one? Yes. Mm -hmm. I, I've watched part of it, I really it's like good. it. It's good. I've heard really good things about that show, but whenever whenever I see stuff like that, it makes me think of the 4400, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Like, and I loved that, like that first season of that show. And that's when, that's another one of those ones that's like on none of the streaming services now. Is it The Event one of those as yeah. well? Yeah. yeah. And there, there was like an American version mm -hmm. of The Event and another version. Like when The Event came out, it was at the same time when they did the American version of V. Yep. Yeah. 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 I wonder what the best one is. There was, I mean, that was at a time though when they were making shows called The Returned. There was all sorts of these kind of um, uh, um, time slip. Uh, times, but also, um, what was it? The Whispers and um, Pot, what was it? Um, Wayward Pines. Like, there was all sorts of these, like, quasi supernatural, we're kind of M. Night Shyamalan, but mm. we're kind of not shows coming out. Like, NBC really wanted, like, they had this show called Believe. They really, or that might have been ABC. Yeah. They really wanted Awake. these shows to work, and they never mm. really caught on. Yeah. Like, not in the way, yeah. like, that they thought they would. Yeah. yeah. I liked Awake, though. I never saw it. I, I know it, I, it had an iconic cover, though. The, yeah, the cover the, to Awake was the guy yeah. looking really, really tired. Yeah, it was like red and blue. Yeah. Like a, yeah. Yep. All right, from Derp Space 9, T-Swift, a safe American export. Girl boss who, was, who has bounced from D, D to T, never quite sticking the landing. At least it's accurate. Well, you know, like uh, well, it is kind of funny how like she has turned like at a certain point you have to consider that you yourself are the problem, right? <laughs> like yeah. at a certain point, like that, that's not trying to be mean. It's just like maybe there's something I could change. Mm. But yeah, if you really yeah. want to get me started on Taylor Swift, I think she's one of the worst influences on uh, our society. She's the W of B. The, the what? The W of B. What's that? You don't know what that is? No, I do not. From the Bible. Oh, I haven't finished the Bible okay. yet. I'm working what, on it. What, what, what makes her so awful? Um, because she doesn't like overtly own what she is, who she is, and what she's doing. She tries to sneakily act like she is America's sweetheart mm -hmm. uh, when the narrative that she's pushing is very anti-family. And she, she does not encourage women to be introspective. She does not encourage women to be better. She encourages women to hate men, to do what he's saying, go from 
guy to guy um, without ever actually working on yourself and creating a healthy relationship. Maybe that will be like her finale that, that's album. That's one of the many problems I have. Her finale album will all be songs done as like therapist notes on herself. That would be beautiful. I mean, yeah, she's what, in her early 30s, mid 30s? And like just, just zero uh, originality, if you ask me. All right, um, let's see. From Latveria1024, Brielle, welcome to all of human history before three years ago. Who's Brielle? Uh, that was the lady who made the TikTok. Oh, okay. Like, yes. Welcome to uh, a lot of those people like who get, like imagine getting out of college and your first job is like remote and then, then they force you to come into work after that. It's probably got to suck. Um, all right. Geeky James 62. Thanks for the laugh. I needed it. Oh, Brielle. Poor Brielle. <laughs> How does everyone remember her name? And I don't. All right. Poor Brielle. Uh, Derp Space 9. Women have a 28 day cycle to a 24 hour cycle for men. So we put in 28 laps in the time you do one. <laughs> we we're. We also can't use the term I'm hormonal dodge. We can't use the I'm hormonal dodge. What hey, can we use? Do we have our own out? Look. I'm having a bad. My favorite, no, what, it, what guys have uh, is when women give them crap when they get sick. Mm. When Oh, the man flu? The man flu. Mm -hmm. uh, when really it is that they probably get as uh, needlessly sick as women do. They just don't complain about it. Uh, but when they get sick, they get really sick. But mm. I like the idea better that it, it kind of still fits. <laughs> in, it fits into the old. Uh, you, you said men don't get needlessly sick. Like they don't complain needlessly about like like small like when you okay. just have a cough or when you're just stuffed up. I thought you were saying like men don't get small co colds like they women do. do. Like when they, they do, do, they just, they just get don't really complain sick. about it. They skip over yeah. it. Okay, I see. What the, you're saying. Um, they don't complain about also it. Also, the uh, the idea that um, was it says like uh, no women no woman who's ever given birth will ever understand ever understand the pain of a man with a with a cold. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right, um, Shane H Wilder. Only eight hours a day. If I can find time working over 10 hours a day to pray, work out, cook, write, and meme, then anyone can. Sleeping is another story. Yeah, and also some people prioritize sleep more than other people do. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, how much do you guys get a night, roughly? I try to get, like, seven to nine. Mm. Seven to nine? Six, seven. Yeah. Six, seven, yeah. yeah. I'm four to six yeah. for me and that's not because I, I I'm doing a lot I'm just really four. bad at falling asleep mm. Brett I I fall asleep yeah. usually four in the morning wake up at eight thirty or nine yeah um we've had this conversation about your sleep yeah it's uh hasn't it hasn't prematurely aged me too much yet but I'm sure mm -hmm. it will eventually all at once so, <laughs> just one day yeah. all right James Orenthal Nguyen Tennessee Sarah's the only 10 I see. Hashtag repeal the 19. There you go. Thanks. It's perfect. All right. Pat the plumber. Hostage party. We are technically in a hostage party. right? Well, technically, no. We're in a hostage crisis right now. Mm. We have to get another crisis party for it to be a hostage party. Yes. I'm just saying, guys. Depending on how fast I can There's a $20 one here from Gordon Shumway. says, if you think rubbing your belly and patting your head is a challenge, try rotating your right hand clockwise and doing a figure eight with your right foot. Then rotate. I can't even finish this. Even it, yeah. Then <laughs> rotate your seven. hand counterclockwise <laughs> and try to maintain the figure eight. Look, I can't even read instructions when I'm putting furniture together. Like, I can't even read, like, the, the, the thing. I think I can... I can do it. I'm doing it. She's got it. Oh, that. Got it. Yeah, That's not easy. the thing he said. The thing he described. Oh, I even, was that English? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
Okay, back up. Uh, yeah, yes, yeah, Gordon Shumway, that would be very, very difficult. We're getting very close to that third crisis party here, ladies and gentlemen. All right. DC and C. The Born Identity put the Brosnan era bonds on notice. Look, I, lo- I love that first uh, Born. Me right? too. But it's the, so good. The, but it's visceral, it's and after a while, I get nauseous from watching all of the damn shaky cam. Mm. I do. Uh, but the I like story, the first three. I love mm-hmm. it. But, I, but here's the thing. I love those, but you know what I love more? The Transporter 1 and 2. Yeah. <laughs> I love the Transporter movies. I even liked the crappy Transporter TV series that only got 12 episodes from Chris Vance. Mm. Who's the main guy in it? Frank Martin. Okay. Oh, the, the actor? In Transporter? It's um, Jason, Statham, Jason right? Statham. Oh, the guy from Meg 2. <laughs> yes, yes, that's where Jason Statham is from. He's from the right too. That was awesome. That's like um, I don't know. How to... That's like saying um, it's like saying Morgan from oh the guy from Olympus has fallen. Yeah, I love that guy. Paul McCartney, that guy from the Kanye uh, <laughs> Super Bowl. <laughs> uh, All right, that was, that was awesome. I love that guy. <laughs> yeah, he's great. Uh, Ryan Sargent, anti Times Square should have should have the rooster rise for New Year's Eve instead of drop. Ooh, that would be funny if Tim ever does another one of those Times Square ads to have it be like Zombie Roberto Jr. That would be great. I'd be down for that. All right, let's see. Uh, lost my spot. Sorry. Uh, from Grofty, the last cast castle was fun to watch. Props to Wesley. Buck buck. Uh, and Aaron. Well, what was, and Aaron, yes. Yeah. What, uh, what, which one was it? Uh, the last one was the one with Tony Merkel. Ah. Um, how'd it come out? Uh, great, Brett. I have, have no. You're supposed to elevate your work stars, when man. marketing yeah. it. Like, uh, yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. Like, I, it was life changing. Tony was a blast to work with, just as he was last time we did it. Yeah. Uh, it was like a nod to the show Supernatural, um, since he's got like the paranormal podcast it yeah. was fun both times and you're wearing a shirt that. of his yeah I did. well I, I didn't want to wear the other shirt and this yeah. is the only one that i had down there so you want to give like a quick one sentence synopsis of the plot in case people are curious uh yes um if you it's a parody of both supernatural and the movie smile however instead of a demon uh the adversary is the <laughs> current president of the united states <laughs> and it's called sniff the fit nerd in the chat says jason statham the guy from pink panther (laughs) okay the guy from the expendables trailer that that, do that like i love those first two expendables movies the last one was so bad it was so bad i surprisingly disagree with you she liked it i didn't think it was that bad it was it was was, entertaining it was the bad cgi the Mm. first the cgi in the first expendables is actually surprisingly really really good Hmm. Um, they had time. It was yeah. before Marvel took Me, up all the effects yeah. booths, times or houses. Yeah, I haven't seen the other Expendables. Maybe that's why. You should watch the first one. All right, from Sir Renko Production Productions, Taylor Swift equals Antichrist. Uh, no, she's not universally liked. I don't know if there is such a thing in current culture as an ant. Like, doesn't the Antichrist have to be universally liked? Not universally, no. It would have to yeah. be. Con- it would have to what be Keanu Reeves. That's the only oh, person no. I can think of who could be the actual Antichrist. Who? Keanu Reeves. Because everybody oh, likes him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. a good point. And, uh, you know, he, maybe he's secretly John Wick for real. All right. From Shane H. Wilder, W of B is 
is see what you did. I, I, I see what, what you did, did there, there, Wesley. We are almost to the third crisis party. I am calling on everybody. Uh, da, 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 we got How it. far are we? We are 20, 20 away. 20 away? 20 away. All right, y'all. I can only read so slow. All right, Gordon Shumway. <laughs> we did that. We, did, we got two. We got one from uh, J Spot, J Spot 51. Oh, we did that one. Okay, from J Spot 51. Don't mess with your sleep. I'll mess with you. I, That's your sleep paralysis. It'll human. mess with you. Do you, do you, do you, do you guys you. get that? Do you guys get sleep paralysis? I used to, but I don't anymore. And uh, coming back to that bat story, that was actually the last time I ever had sleep, sleep paralysis, paralysis, which is also why I love bats. I have like waking dreams, sort of. <sighs> I've also noticed that yesterday people were people were all too happy to super chat when I was getting dunked on the whole time. So I've noticed that public humiliation seems to be what really gets them going. <laughs> we can't be too nice or yeah. we don't get the chats. All right, that was the last one, I believe. And we got one more here from DCNC. It says, Sarah, the chick from PCC number 477. <laughs> That's you. <laughs> that is me, not, not Casper Coffee Girl. There is one more here from Derp Space 9. It says, episode 445, still the best, more Shane Davis. Yeah, I, I love Shane Davis. I would like to go back on Ballers soon, too. I, I love their podcast when they do that. So. Oh, sweet. All right, guys, before we go, would you hit the like button on this video and subscribe to this channel if you have not subscribed here already? Wesley, my friend, thank you. It was a pleasure to be here. Let everyone know where they can find the most recent episode of Cast Castle. You can find it on timcast.com slash cast underscore castle. Underscore castle? I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Double checking on yeah. that, ladies and gentlemen. All right, Sarah, thank you. Oh, by the way, thank you so much for helping me today. You're going to be back tomorrow. Yes, I will be. Yes. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. Had loads of fun. I uh, wish we could have gotten that last crisis party. Well, we got two more here. We got one from Derp Space 9. It says, hey now, Brett, I had your back yesterday. Yes, Derp Space 9 was... He was he was my he was my champion yeah, yeah. yesterday. Yeah, it's a real one. Uh, we got one more. We got one here from Thousand Foot Deep End says because the new crisis sound is a masterpiece and Sarah's smile is so lovely. Hashtag Aww. hostage crisis. Thank Aww. you. Sarah's smile is also a great Hollow Notes song. Uh, one here from Pat the Plumber says, "Can I have a heart, Brett?" No, Actually, but you could have a Brett heart. No, no I can. <laughs> I can. I can heart. I just did it right yeah. there. I just. I just hearted it right there on the. What did you heart? On the screen, I, I gave him a, a that heart. That makes it a Brett heart. Yes, it's mm -hmm. a it's a Brett heart. Uh, we got a twenty dollar one here from Hitman. Beanbag Actual it says, "Sorry, just woke up for work. Let's take it from the top, please." Yes, we'll gladly just start this whole show <laughs> right over. Why not? Anyway, so the rocks wax mannequin is Gordon Shumway <laughs> says. <laughs> Gordon Shumway says, "Sarah, the girl who looks like Taylor, if you close your eyes and drink a six pack." What? <laughs> like Taylor Silverman? Taylor, that. Those don't look or, anything alike. No, not those at all. Are, those are nothing alike. I don't know what you're I'll saying. I'll take it as a compliment. That's a, it's a compliment. Taylor is a beautiful girl. Derp Space Nine says, I'm just inching us towards another party. Thank you. Uh, Disco Jensen uh, gave us $20 without a message. For that, he gets a heart right there. Wait, I thought you said we're $20 away. Uh, well, he, he sent that before oh, okay. we got there. Oh, okay. I see. I see. Uh, <laughs> says, I saw the abuse Brett was talking about. The, uh, uh, oh, the outburst was taking, yes. The yes. abuse. Yes, I was getting much abused yesterday mm. during the show. It was very rude for everyone um, to treat me with such disrespect. For yeah, me. I'm sorry. Abuse nice means uh, kiss in Farsi. Abuse ah, would be like I didn't know that. a kiss. Uh, Serenko Production says, is He Rise only available in ground form? Also, it still says coming soon on the website. Um, it sh I thought it was already available, um, but it should come in both ground and whole bean, mm -hmm. as far as I know. I'm going to heart all of these last ones here just because uh, I'm in that kind of a mood right now. How about that? There we go. 
Uh, all right, guys. So, look, well, now we get to hang out because the, the new crisis party is coming. But yeah. it, that means they get a post-credit crisis party. So, Sarah, let everyone know where they can find you. All right, you can find me at Casper.com. You can also follow our uh, X, I almost said Twitter, account <laughs> at Casper Coffee. You can follow us on Instagram at Casper underscore coffee. Uh, I go back and forth between if I want to push my socials or not. But if you want to follow me, I am Lady Sells Coffee on X. I don't tweet, but feel free to follow me. Maybe one day I will. You could get the urge one day. Yeah, you that never know. All right, guys. Thank you again. They're asking me to close the poll. Guys, I haven't done a poll. Was since there somebody, a poll? <laughs> somebody called me four eyes once and being the petty, petty man that I am. <laughs> the extremely, we're almost to a fourth crisis party now too. You guys, you guys uh, showed out. Being the petty individual that I am, I have not put a poll up since somebody called me four eyes, frankly. Wow. Um, you know, the only thing worse is they shoved me in the locker, right? Yeah, you guys, don't deserve a poll. If you want to follow me, you can follow me on Instagram and Twix at Brett Dasovic on both of those platforms. Pop Culture Crisis is here five days a week, Monday through Friday, 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That is noon Pacific. If you would like to listen to the audio version of this podcast, we are on Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Pandora, and Spotify. If you'd like to follow the show on social media, we are on Twix. Uh, at pop culture underscore show Facebook and TikTok at pop culture crisis Instagram at pop culture crisis pod ladies and gentlemen oh we got oh we got two more here one from derp space nine says get over yourself four eyes it's just very mean it's very mean Shane H Wilder says we only abuse because we care Brett well yes that's that's uh, I'm basically an, an abused spouse in this relationship and Gordon Shumway says keep the hostage party going thank you for that but I think you may fall a little short here today guys we will be back with another show tomorrow we'll see you then guys bye bye, bye. bye.